You! Fisherman? There are a lot of things you don't know about me. <laughs> Any luck? Ooh. Holy moly! <laughs> I showed you mine. Now you show me yours. Oh, I don't. Oh, you mean the fish? Yeah. Oh, got a big cut off. It ain't the size that matters. Are we still talking about your fish? <laughs> Very funny. I, uh, you know, Maria, I've lived here all my life. Nobody knows about this place any more than I do. I know everything. I could take you around sometime if you, if you would like it. Are you asking me on a date? Hell no. But if I were, and I'm not, mind you, what would you say? Well, if I were to accept, and I'm not saying I would. Yeah, but because I haven't asked you. Mm-hmm. I would say, um... What would you say? Mm. Maybe. Maybe. boys we had a week off and we are primed for some fly fishing talk on the svs fly fishing <laughs> podcast and jay is spitting that beer out of his nose can you dig it i can dig right it. over there i can dig it yeah i just I, I i can see how prime chad is tonight so <laughs> he is ready yeah, it has been a long that, two weeks. That primer button's been pushed for eleven this, hours. Th- this was the whole moniker of why we missed last weekend. I mean, it was a. I have done nothing but drink for the last two weeks, and there's been no fly fishing content to be made by me. And that's from a guy who has two moms. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. <laughs> See what they feed him. Yeah, your liver has to be petrified. By if now. he's drinking fucking tea now, what are you oh, talking yeah, about? He pit- thought yeah. he's past beer. Past oh. everything. He's on the teeth. I'm riding that twisted teeth. He can't hold any more yeast. Twisted <laughs> You don't even have taste buds anymore, bro. I need something with more sugar and just alcohol. <laughs> I, 
I was driving up. I w- I, <laughs> That's why you're was drinking tea. That was not a good way to start that. God damn it. Only I only drink tea when I drive. I went, I actually did go fishing today. So I decided to go through a drive through Beer Depot by Jace's house. I said, I don't want anything tastes like beer. I want. Did to- you get the slushy? No, I went by your place. Yeah, they got slushies in <laughs> so my So in town order too. to drive to go fishing, did you have to stop drinking for a certain period of time? Uh, yes, I stopped drinking all week. <laughs> oh my God, I had to dry yes, out. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> I, I seen Chad on. I, I had one beer with Chad on. Uh, what was it? it Tuesday, was Thursday. Thursday night when soccer got canceled. Yeah, we came over so the kids could still still chill out and play for a little bit, and uh, we didn't have anything to do. And it was the slowest drank hour long beer I have had. You know, beers go down quick. Uh, not Jay, an hour. Jay had two and wanted three. I was like, dude, I'm done. I went home and didn't have any more. <laughs> I, w- I feel you. Now, you had it worse off than I did. I still had to work through all that. Yeah, no, I worked it also. But uh, Sunday, last Sunday, was a shit show, man. I didn't move. I uh, I got up and I sat on a couch. And then I got up a little bit longer and I sat on a, a futon. And then I got up and I, I heard sat on a recliner <laughs> chair. <laughs> <laughs> but we're tonight's gonna, tonight's shit show though has but we're, been brought we're gonna, to you by right. We're gonna talk about why all that happened after our guest tonight, Zach Buchanan. So, uh, so who's tonight's show brought to us by Jay? Predator Flygear. You can find him at predatorflygear.com. Uh, check check out. Go on their Instagram, Predator Flygear Instagram. Him, uh, him, and uh, Nick Teeth and Trout, Nick Mayer, and Teeth and Trout, uh, Joe, Joe Goodspeed, have been catching some Mako sharks, and the, some of the videos they've been putting out are just, they're off the chain. You gotta go check that out. They've been doing some cool, cool stuff, and if not, check out, uh, you know, Nick Mayer as well. Also brought to you by Sims Fishing. Find them at simsfishing.com. <clears throat> if you guys need to break some hooks off in some hybrids' faces, like I did today... Check out A-Rex hooks. They're the best hooks to break off in a fish's face because they will hold up. Yeah, I won't be showing that one off to his friends for a while. <laughs> it, it's going to be stuck. Check this one out, guys. I actually got a good hook hey in Hey, guys, there. look at this. Uh-huh. If you need any Olsdorf uh, genetics, hit me up. I still got a probably, I don't know, maybe a dozen more saddles left and they'll be through, but Olsdorf genetics. Find them at Urban Fly Company. Also, why not fishing? And uh, they're at the dock. Check that out. Good way to get in touch with local people in your area. You know. And one more that we don't hit up quite enough is Yeti. Uh, they sponsor our podcast, and we we really do dig Yeti. So, uh huh. Got a little pack that's gonna fit the snot out of their gear these last couple of years, and just. I it, mean, my cups. Half the color is gone. It's all chipped up, and that thing's still running good. Takes got, a licking and keeps on ticking. Mm-hmm. I got dents all through mine. My big water jug. You can go get the Yeti dog bowl now for your own pleasure or your your canine's pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever you like to do with it. Yeah, that little Where it sidekick. is a hat even. I don't yeah, I just bought a sidekick not too long ago. I was ago. out a couple weeks It'll ago. It'll be here on Did Friday. Did you get it? Oh, awesome. The fold-over, no, the fold-over style? Is that yeah. what you're talking about? Yeah. Oh, them are awesome. Yeah, them are really nice. I was out a couple weeks ago on a float, and then they're Smith. They had one of them there. That was nice. Throw all your keys, your phone, everything yep. right into it. Snaps over. You're good, and it rides right above, uh, mm-hmm. right above the oars. Or right where the oar locks are. I told Jason a sweet place to have it would be like the back of a seat. You know what I mean? That's he needs to get back a seat. Like boxes. Packs. Packs. Yeah. yeah. Smith might there's there's a few of them. Smith has one. Yeah. Um, uh, Vitavu or whatever yeah. I pronounce there's it. They've one. got them. Uh, 
uh, I think it's uh, Flycraft has a strollless one too. So it has like your fly rack, everything. You keep flies on, bags and stuff in it, packs. Hey, it's a spend more little, money. A little, little, little at a time. Spend <coughs> more money. Uh, what, yeah, piece piece by piece, right? As now much, that you got it. so uh, As much money as my wife is spending mm. for me. I don't know. You and me, Jay, we're spending quite a bit of money in this short period of time. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll get into all of this after our guest tonight. But, you know, it's it's all good podcast water. Oh, yeah. I I did a little fishing. I got that out, and you know we'll we'll talk about that a little bit. I know we're gonna run a little short here on on our intro. Uh, we'll be right back with our guest, and then we'll get back into all of like what we've been fishing, and you know the local what's been going on, and living the life, and the life of oh god, <laughs> we live too much of the life. It is man. So hey, on that note, we will come right back with our guest. Uh, if you guys want to check him out on Instagram, it's Forestry and Fish. So we will come back with Zach. And we are back with Zach Buck Buchanan. What's happening, brother? Not much. Yourself? Oh, we are living the dream, man. Hey, can you give us a little uh, little background history on yourself, man? So I'm just a cheesehead living up in the UP, born and raised in southeastern Wisconsin, about an hour or so from uh, your buddy Austin Mitchell there. And um, went to school for forestry in central Wisconsin, moved up to UP about four and a half years ago, and been living the life up here ever since. So what we know of you, man, you fly fish and you do forestry. Can you go a little bit into the forestry life, uh, all that you want to get public with? Yeah, um, well, I'm a consulting forester, so I work for Grossman Forestry Company out of Newberry, Michigan. And the long and short of it is we handle private landowners and meet their land management goals, whether it be with a management plan outlining what their goals for their property are and how we can meet them through sustainable forest management to setting up the timber sales to implement that, you know, to help them reach their goals. And then, you know, anything on down the line. Plus, we do some uh, government contracting. So... And how did you also get into fly fishing? Because um, that that's how you and us, our, our paths crossed. Well, it started is I got some relatives um, that live in northeastern Wisconsin. And growing up, I'd go visit them, and I, they're right on the Wolf River in northeastern Wisconsin. I started fishing that river, gear fishing, and I, it was the first time I ever caught non-trout pond stock you know trout you know these are they're stock trout but there's good holdover so these fish are acting like wild fish and my great uncle and uh, his dad and his family had been on that river for decades and they have these big brown trout on the wall and i wanted to catch them and they caught them on the fly rack. so that's what got me into the fly fishing unbeknownst to me they were fishing worms and bait on their fly rods but um I had, from the gear thing, it got me straight into actually chucking gulp, six feet of uh, 17 pound uh, trilene to perfection loop to number six snell, throwing gulp, which then led me into the streamer fishing. And I've been kind of at it ever since. Then uh, once I moved to the UP, most of our local trout fishing here close is tiny, small water brook trout fishing. And four inch brook trout don't eat big articulated streamers too well. 
So that's when I started kind of learning the other aspects of fly fishing with a little bit of dry fly fishing. And then that really expanded into, I was catching smallmouth on the Wolf River and they were kind of, of a nuisance. Well, then I hooked a 17 inch year old about five years ago. I'm like, oh, that was on a six weight and that was a blast. And that kind of led me getting into smallmouth, which led me getting into the pike and musky end of things too. So let, let's stay with the trout for just a minute. Um, you started throwing gulp and streamers, and then you transitioned into the dry fly fishing. How was that on the tying aspect? How uh, how much of a learning curve was it for you, for tying was, and for uh, for fishing also? Well, the streamer thing, I really came dedicated because a guy that looked like he came out of a classic trout fishing catalog, you know, the full brim hat, um, gave me an ash to and for misrepresenting the sport as I was in a cutoff in my swim trunks, you know, cast and gulp on a fly rod. So that kind of teed me off a little bit. So I stuck kind of like anti-dry fly fishing and the thing going from tying stuff on size six, four, one odd, two odd stuff for trout and then going to, you know, size 16, that was just a real pain. And I really avoided deer hair, even though I use it a lot in my trout streamers. But now um, I kind of figured out, you know, using like 50 denier GSP to use that. And you, you, I use a lot more deer hair in my dry fly fishing because, I'm, Frank, I'm lazy. Um, deer hair floats real high. You know, um, there's a pattern on the wolf called the cat's hair wing. And it's deer hair and hackle. That's all it is. Deer hair tail, wrap it down, deer hair wings, palm or some hackle up, and you're done. And uh, once I started getting into that stuff, it became real easy. And then I kind of learned about terrestrials. And then I found just watching online um, some of the foam terrestrial patterns. And I started getting to that. And I don't tie any terrestrial pattern that don't have foam in it just because I'm lazy. I don't want to make a have to work to keep a fly floating. Exactly, man. I, I, uh, I myself don't dry fly fish for trout so i i know what you mean every smallmouth fly i tie has foam in it <laughs> hey foam is a, a godsend some days it's just on some of our brook trout streams it's you know you have some days where you're only fishing for two hours and you might only get in contact with six fish but then there's days where you're out for two hours and you might get in contact with 40 fish and to carry around enough flies or the floating and all that extra crap is just not something I wanted to deal with. And foam just makes life easy. So when you're, you're brook trout fishing and you're in Wisconsin, correct? No, most of my brook trout fishing's in the UP because, well, the UP, they're brook trout are a dime a dozen up here. If you're willing to work for them and we got some big ones, but that you can't, those waters where you're going to find those bigger fish aren't fly fishable, but I got no problems catching four to six inch, you know, brook trout on a four weight. So, and are those waters different than the waters that you'll smallmouth fish? Oh yeah. Way different. Way different. <laughs> what are you looking for, for, uh, for the smallmouth? Well, our smallmouth fishery locally here in the UP, it's all lake based with a few seasonal exceptions, getting into some of that great lake stuff. Um, you go into the central UP and there's some rivers that actually get runs of smallmouth coming up after the steelhead because they're running up the rivers to spawn. And, uh, but locally all our smallmouth fishing is lake based. So you're going from 
crystal clear sand and gravel bottom, you know, tag alder ridden brook trout streams to wide open lakes with our smallmouth. Now in Wisconsin, uh, my smallmouth, all my smallmouth fishing is in a river. And it's a freestone river, which has its own set of challenges when you're going through rapids and boulder fields. So when you're in the lake, what what's the main forage? Is it is it crayfish and sculpins, or is it uh, something different that, that we don't know about? You know, crayfish, sculpins, dace, perch, bluegill, 8-inch leeches. Um, you know, it's kind of anything those fish can put their mouths around. And we don't, there's not a lot, there's some lakes that have a real high density of smallmouth, but you don't have a lot of big ones. Luckily for me, well, on the flip side of that, my more local lakes to where I actually live, they have a lower density of smallmouth, but there's some big fish in there. And so it's not, I found out you don't have to really match the hatch with the forage base. It's more about your biggest problem is really finding out where these fish are holding and where their fish are holding that day. So you can throw as big of a fly as you want, and they'll eat um, it. You just got to find the fly. You got to find the fish. Yeah, the biggest fly I've caught a smallmouth on topped out at just under seven inches. Um, I found there are some fisheries that um, they do seem to prefer, you know, something in that three to four inch range. But generally, I'm throwing between three and five inches, and it's almost always articulated. Um, I haven't really. I found once you find the fish, the next biggest problem you have is where in the water column do they want it. And generally when we're fishing them, um, there's some lakes where we're fishing. These fish are 25 foot down and you got to get after them and just, you know, use a full sink line and let it get down there. But most of the time when it's really hot in the spring around here, you're fishing in five to seven feet of water. So do I need to use an intermediate line and a longer leader with a weighted fly and hang it, you know, more mid column or upper in the water column. Cause sometimes that's what they like, or do I need to get it down in the, your, their face? So that's something that's uh, kind of a challenge and every day it seems to switch. So it's nothing. I can't say, well, yesterday we were out, they wanted it up in the water column because tomorrow you could have the same conditions, but they might want it right at the bottom in their face. So when it's 25 feet deep, what, what do you do, man? I, I know we've tried it are damnedest and it it's hard to fish that deep what what do you do well there's one lake in particular that i've been um kind of exploring and this lake is essentially a big bowl you could be 30 feet from shore with your boat basically knocking up a big you know next to down white pine and you're in 25 feet of water so what i found is you got to find that kind of structure near that deep water and you just back off a ways, throw, you know, uh, as long as you can, really, just let it sink. And um, I found flies that aren't really weighted seem to do a little better. And I think it's because they're they're up keeping the, you know, they're not right at the bottom because um, one of the guys I fished with, he's a gear fisherman. So he can bounce stuff right across the bottom and work all the water column a little easier than I can. But they seem to really like it kind of, hanging 15 20 foot down and they're right at the bottom and just hang it right there in that zone so it's just a matter of using a full sink line letting it sink and uh keeping it in the zone as long as you can so if you're a gear fisherman would uh like drop shotting with maybe the the lower five feet from the sinker be a better option 
Oh, definitely. Um, one of the hot options is, you know, crankbaits, obviously, spinnerbaits, but um, big swimbaits. Um, guys fishing big, heavy swimbaits where they can adjust, you know, e- more easily adjust where they're fishing the water column is a stupid, deadly technique up here. Um, especially as we get later in the year and these smallmouths start pushing deeper. So, hey, Zach, let's, uh, let's get real for a minute. How... How did you become a guest on this show? What, well, what what went into this process? Well, I've been listening to your show, um, and I've been hearing all the guys you had on, and um, Tim Landier of Tightlines Fly Fishing Company in De Pere, um kind of was at, is at the forefront of smallmouth fishing here in the Upper Midwest, along with Mike Schultz, and I wanted to recommend them to you guys. And then also, I kind of wanted to call you guys' bluff on you, really, if you were going to have a listener on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So how'd they so, go for you? Well, I'm sitting here talking to you guys, so it's going pretty well. So Chad could potentially lose this this show, though. He he may fumble. Who knows? So tell me this. Have you learned, and w- what have you learned from the guest on our show? I mean, I know you can go on for how long, but what, what's kind of like a key points you've picked up from some of the guests? You've listened to almost all of them. Yeah. One thing I've learned is just to be willing to try different things. Um, you know, just the way different guys see things, it's kind of like in forestry. I manage my timber locally the way I do, but other guys may manage the same cover type a little bit differently in their end, and they have their reasons. So it's just more things to the toolbox. And, um, like hearing you guys talk about swinging flies for steelhead. Um, I'll swing flies for smallmouth bass in a freestone river. But then also, you, you know, your um, gas talking about giving that fly that action and having it turn, say, musky fishing, get, having that fly show that profile to get that reaction out of these predatory fish. While on a freestone, on, on the Wolf River, I'll swing a fly and throw a man to back that fly up, giving it at that T-bone profile right under into these boulders where I know these big smallmouth are sitting and put it right in their face. And it's let me hooked up with a lot of nice smallmouth. And then just other things with the way guys are looking at structure, how they're approaching, you know, when they're going out fishing, how they're approaching things, um, materials guys are using stuff like that. It's really been an interesting thing to help bring into my fly tying and my fly fishing, whether it works all the time, not so much, but it gives me tools and toolbox to utilize. So it gives you ideas to use, but, but it really hasn't affected your, uh, your fishing too awful much. Well, I think it's helped. Um, you know, you hear something that somebody's doing and he, I try it out on my local rivers and then our local waters. And then, cause I think, was it, um, I forgot which one of your guests, but he was talking about basically throwing the whole fly line to fish these deep water smallmouth. Well, in that lake I mentioned where I'm fishing these deep water smallmouth, that's basically, you know, kind of popped into my head. And that's what I started doing, basically throwing out as far as I can, letting it get down. And then all of a sudden now I'm in the smallmouth, you know, I'm catching smallmouth. So it's helped. And there's some things I've tried that didn't quite work out for one re- you know, for one reason or another, but they're all ideas for me to try and test out on my local waters to start figuring out my local waters a little bit better. 
Exactly. That's the base point that we're trying to, to set. Like I said, Chad Johnson came on, and I, Jay and I have argued, like almost come to fisticuffs about, Chad said this works on the white, but it won't fucking work here. It, you know, it works there for those trout. They're the same fucking trout. You know, we're back and forth, and it just, it's stuff like that that, you know, it brings the discussion up, and it's different tactics that should work everywhere, but they might not. And you know what I mean? Yeah, I I completely get it. Like one thing that pops into my head is whether you guys use wire or floral for your musky leaves. What do you do? I actually use both. I um, always use wire. I, I have. There's some lakes I fish in Wisconsin for musky that you can see my dad's a gear fisherman. And when I'm fishing musky late season, we're usually soaking a sucker while casting. And when I can look down in 20 feet of water and see that sucker swimming on the bottom, that's some clear water. And I just have more confidence in floral. Now up here in my local musky waters, it's real tannic stain in my primary musky waters. And I have no problem using wire. Um, but in that real clear water situations, I just have more confidence in floral. So, do I think it really matters? Not really, but it's what I have the most confidence in when I'm fishing. Do you really think that 40-pound wire doesn't, uh, or it affects the the minnow or the, the bait more than 80 or 100-pound fluoro? I really don't. And, you know, when you start getting the different type of wires... Um, there's that like single strand stuff. I forgot what it's called. Uh, SA sells it and that stuff's stiff. Yeah. So, you know, but I know a lot of guys that use it. I've used it before and could it in certain situations? Probably. Um, has it for me? No. And do I think, um, floral has makes much of a difference? It could. Um, I guess I haven't, seen enough of a difference to really push myself completely one way or the other. See what I think about when I'm fishing here in our Pennsylvania waterways, uh, the water it's, it's muddy mostly, but it's not tannic, you know? So I think the 40 pound wire lets the fly move better. I get a better knot and I don't, I don't see any, any upside to the fluoro. Your knots need all the help they can get. Fuck no. you. <laughs> Fuck. We're going to get into this later, Buck. Fuck you, Mark. I have a real question. Uh, so, you know, even with that, when you're uh, on those lakes and you use, you're using the, the mono or, or, you know, your floor or whatever, uh, do you, you find that you lose fish? Are you losing fish? Are you having fish bite you off? Or does it hold on good for you? Knock on wood. I haven't had a fish bite me off yet. Granted, I've only landed one muskie on the fly. I've moved a few others, hooked into a few others, but I haven't had one bite me off yet using 80-pound floral. Um, but maybe when the day comes, if I get bit off, you know, maybe I'll change. I mean, I've caught plenty of pike um, using 80-pound floral, and I have a tendency, what I do is I'll tie, I use a section of um class tip it essentially the slim beauty knot to the end of my floral and then the end of that i attach a snap as soon as i find any abrasions in that floral it's done i either cut it back retie on my uh snap or i i have a few pre-tied with me when i'm out fishing and i'll switch over 
So I never take any chances with that stuff. I'm sure with wire, I could probably not have to check it so much, but knock on wood, I haven't had any fish bite me off yet. So Zach, uh, let's talk about that real quick. I just started tying the Slim Beauty. How how hard was that for you to learn? Because for me, uh, it, it was like a, a snap. It, it's easy to tie. It's a great knot. And I love it for tying different diameters of mono together. Yeah, for me, it was a really, really easy knot to learn. And I got to admit, where I first learned how to tie up a muskie leader was from the folks at um, Hayward Fly Fishing Company. Uh, Larry Mann, who owns the shop, him and his wife, Wendy, they were the ones that showed me how to do it. And he just whips up the Slim Beauty and he's tying a 100-pound floral with a 20-pound class tip and he just whips it right up like it was nothing. And that's where I kind of decided, okay, that's that's the knot to use. And it's such a, it's not a big, thick knot. And it's a perfectly straight line knot. And it's a real easy knot to tie. But and it's so also not a little I'm, slim knot. The, the name Slim Beauty does not really describe the knot. No, not really. But compared <laughs> to what the other knots that I had tried with it, it is a low, at least in my opinion, a lower profile knot than some of the other attempts I've made. And if you're so, bring, if you're bringing the Slim Beauty into your guides, I think you're really doing something wrong. You're, oh, I completely agree. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and on that note, I've actually, one thing I found that's helped is using that, um, any kind of UV glue on all my knots. And that's helped a bunch with keeping the line going through the guide smoothly. Even on the perfection loop that I use at the tip, it just, I've never had any hangups using that, any kind of UV glue um, on my knots. So I've definitely found the perfection loop on my, like a fly line to leader, that perfection loop is the weakest point of my whole system. Have you yeah, I, where I usually break off is in my class tip because we got a, where I usually fish here locally, there's a ton of wood in the river. And so. You said wood. I've never had, and because I use that class tippet in there, I don't want to break a fly line. They're expensive. And so that's where I usually break off when I've uh, had had uh, stuff break on me. So what, what class are you running? Are are you going IGFA? Are you uh you running a fifteen foot sec or a fifteen inch section of class? Yeah, it's like twelve inches. I run eight to twelve inches, and it's usually twenty or thirty pound. Um, now that I got a twelve weight, I think I'm probably going to go more with that thirty pound just to help turn over the flies a little better. But I'm, when I'm running stuff on my eight weight, and my ten weight, I've never had any problems using a eight to twelve inch piece of twenty pound in my leader setup. So let let's do a little bit of your day to day your uh, your forestry. You before we heated the mics up, you told us you got bluff charged by a bear. Can you? Yeah. What happened? Can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, I uh, I was working with an intern. We were out marking timber on a state job, and he had seen the bear and he yelled at it. I never heard him, and the bear started walking off. Well, the bear walked up to where I was working. And I first I heard things looking for the woods, and now our cruiser's vest that we wear when we're working are bright orange, almost blaze orange. And I'm not seeing any blaze oranges. I'm hearing something walking through the woods. And I'm wondering what the hell's going on. All of a sudden, I see this little black object on the ground, and first thing I was hoping, it wasn't a sow and cubs. And then I, it was just this lone bear, and he kept walking at me, and I'm yelling, hey, bear, hey, bear. 
keeps walking at me and he stops oh, 30 yards off, you know, and he starts popping his jaws at me. And I got my hands in the air. I'm yelling and I'm, I'm a big dude, 6'2", maybe 270 on a good day. And I'm yelling and screaming at this bear. And he runs to about 15 yards at me, sitting there stomping his feet, popping his jaws at me. And then he just walks off. And I, I wish I could say I was some macho man. I wasn't scared, but I was puckered up tighter than a snare drum. <laughs> he starts walking off. Well, then I hear him start circling around, and then I yell at him some more. And then that was the last we've seen of him for the day. So, yeah, that was a little nerve-wracking. But, you know, I guess that's what you can expect when you're in his backyard. So what's standard protocol in the UP? Is it a, is it bear spray? Is it a sidearm? Lay what? down and play dead? Um. Well, black bears, I think laying down and playing dead might be the worst thing you can do. But, um, you know, some guys, you know, they got their concealed carry. They'll carry a gun at them. But most of the time, what I found in my run-ins with bears, just make yourself look as big as possible and yell whatever comes into your head. Um, sometimes that's a flurry of obscenities. Yeah. Other yeah. times, all you can do, all that comes to your head is yelling, hey, bear. So... Um, but that's usually what happens. And most of the time, they honestly just walk off and leave you alone for the rest of the day. But um, sometimes they don't. That's a, my wife and I, we were running down a, or my wife was running. I was riding a mountain bike down a trail one time. Tell <laughs> me, I could keep up. Last, yeah, I can't keep up with her running. And we were running, or going, and there was a black bear in the middle of the trail. And I was like, hey, bear, hey, bear. And it, if, it was a big fat bear, and it it stumbled its way off the trail. And her and I kept going. After that, I turned my phone on. We listened to Biggie Smalls the rest of the run. And well, you know what's funny is I was listening to your guys' podcast when this bear was on because I <laughs> Bluetooth speaker and I listened to a variety of podcasts, or or I'm cranking some hard rock or some metal or something like that, and I got that on full volume, so. Usually it's because, I mean, I like seeing wildlife like everyone else and it's cute and all that good shit, but really <laughs> I do that because, well, it gives me something to listen to, but uh, also to help keep some of the wildlife away, but he did not care that day. Did you hear the story recently about uh, the the mountain lion that was deterred by Metallica out in yeah, Colorado? Yeah, about that. <laughs> yeah. So, Run with Metallica. I, I could say wolves were so... Uh, afraid of metallica but uh this past december i was blaring some acdc doing some inventory and i see it was thick balsam and aspen and i see something on the trail ahead of me it was this little deer path going to where i was going and all of a sudden it turns sideways and looks at me and i realized it was a wolf and it was maybe 10 yards away and i start yelling and screaming like a little girl <laughs> yeah exactly and i'm waving my arms around and it turns and walks off like your neighbor's dog would just walk back home. Well, then all of a sudden to my left, I see two wolves going trotting, falling after it, and then one from the right going falling after it. And that shook me up a little bit. But, yeah, they those wolves did not have any aversion to ACDC Thunderstruck, I can tell you that. Did you keep screaming at the second and third ones went by? Yeah, I did because I really didn't know what to do. So I would have. They would have spelled poop, too, if it was coming from me. Yeah, I've never seen a wolf. It's, no. That's not something that we have to worry about here in western Pennsylvania. Coyotes. Yeah, you guys got some big black bears out there. Yeah, we do have black bears, and uh, we have coyotes. Chase oh. has been humped by one or two. 
but we don't have we don't have wolves. <laughs> that shit gets real. <laughs> you know, I've never had too much of a problem with wolves. Um, a few years back, I had one coming down the ridge. I was working in the central UP helping out another consultant. And I had one run down at me, and it stops. And it's looking at me just like your dog comes running up and looking at you. And I'm yelling and screaming at it while I had my paint gun. Now, these paint guns are kind of like a squirt gun. And they got a quart of paint that screws onto the bottom. Well, I shot it in the chest with the squirt of paint, and then it went running off. Because <laughs> I didn't know what to do. It was just standing there looking at me. So, so. it was like a money shot. <laughs> Mark, Mark Gatberg. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> so, well, you spend so much time in the woods. Have you ever gotten to mushroom hunting? Uh, you know, I try, but I have this problem where I get focused on my job and actually doing my job. Oh, that's bullshit, man. <laughs> right? And the last time, uh, we don't have a, morels are the big one around here. Yeah. And the last time I seen one, I was, well, it was, uh, a year before that last wolfhood incident I mentioned. And some of the guys I was working with, they were finding morels and I didn't find any. Well, all of a sudden when we mark a tree, we put a slash on it. And then we put a, a shot on the stump. To, uh, that's basically our insurance policy to make sure that tree was supposed to be cut or in some cases supposed to be left. And so we put down the stump shot. Well, when I put down my stump shot, I put it right over a big old morel. So. Oh, boo. When I was in college, though, <laughs> we used to find them around the dorms, though, and we would fry them up and hope somebody had a turkey that they had shot and do some uh, fresh turkey and some fresh morels. That was always a real treat. Are you sure those morels? <laughs> you're in college so outside of uh right now are you still doing the the fishing is what smallmouth for you are you gonna are you off the musky or or what's going on currently in in some of your fishing oh up there? right now the, with the smallmouth fishing being so tough um we got a perch bite that's going to be getting real hot here soon so we've been trying to find the perch it's still a little early yet um but that's going to be kind of our main focus our, our water temps are still on the upper 70s so that's a little warmer than I feel comfortable fishing for muskie. And depending on what fishery you're on, they're stacked up in the holes right now. It'd be like picking fish out of a barrel. Not that, you know, it'd be easy easier finding them. Whether they bite or not is a different story. But we're going to focus on the perch bite a bit up here. And then uh, maybe try for some walleye and then uh, get into the muskie stuff as it gets a little later into the fall. So we don't talk to many guys in in the United States that that target perch. Uh, what what's the technique for you? Are you running full sink lines? Are you running just clousers? What and you know and are you bonking them? I I'm still trying to figure out how to catch perch on the fly. Um, to be honest, a lot of my perch fishing I'll do it with gear. It's hard to beat a slip bobber rig and a minnow, and they're in, uh, once you find them, they're schooled up. It's easy. And we get pretty picky um, about the fir- perch we're keeping. Um, we throw a, lo- a lot of fish back. Um, when we're fishing gear, a hundred fish day isn't really anything to, you know, talk and, you know, brag about. But, you know, we might only bring home 20 fish. And so we're pretty selective on what we're keeping. Um, I'm going to try something a little different this year because they seem to like it a little. When we find them, they seem to like it a little more mid in the water column. But they really like it hanging there. So I think I might try running a small, like, white zonker, because we're using perch minnows, and try, like, a small, flashy zonker on a little bit shorter leader on a floating line on my four-weight. So 
is I haven't really had too much luck catching perch. Um, you know, when we're targeting perch, I caught them miscellaneously fishing for bluegills here and there, but, um, that's what I'm going to try. Whether it works, we'll find out. But, um, yeah, it's something I'm really going to try to get in on because, you know, I've had some good luck fishing for gills and other things on the fly rod. So I might as well try with the perch because once we find them, we're on them. And so there's no reason not to. What's the size percher after you get like 10, 12 inches at like a great lakes, uh, Um, I guess fish maybe, or they like jumbo perch or cause we got some monsters here. We're usually trying to keep stuff. I'll say eight inches plus because we'll keep, you know, something if it gets deep hooked when you're fishing gear, but we're really trying to keep stuff, you know, ideally nine inches plus is really what we're targeting. And most of our perch, I think the biggest one we got last year was 13 and a half inches. And, but most of them are kind of that eight to 12 inch range. So they're, they're not little perch. They're not huge perch, but they're not little. And that's, that's for a fish fry, right? Yes, sir. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's the reason to keep perch for sure. So let's, you mentioned walleye also, um, the transition from walleye from gear to walleye on the fly. Have you found, uh, any difference? Cause I know I have, I, you know, where I first started getting the small or walleye on the fly was when I was still working in Wisconsin, right after I graduated where I was working, they had this, it was like a pike, Northern musky walleye and smallmouth river. And I'd go down there after work. And this is when I first started getting into tying my own flies. And I'd go down there after work, just trying to catch something on a streamer. And I would get into them. But now that I'm not fishing a river anymore, trying to get them on the fly rods, just been a super challenge. I haven't gotten one on the fly rod since. And we've tried, um, because I have no shame in admitting we'll go, I'll go out smallmouth fishing. And then uh, me and the guy I fish with, we'll go troll for walleyes you know, trolling crankbaits, you know, once it gets dark, but we've been trying to fish some of the spots where we're picking them up trolling and I just can't seem to make it happen. So I, that's still something I'm trying to figure out. There's no shame in that, man. Um, I have noticed when I find them in the rivers, I'm finding them on shallow bars and doing long, slow strips. And that's when they eat, man. I don't know if it's the same in lakes, but if you can find a hump or a bar and try something like that. Yeah, and I might have to because I know um, fishing other lakes, fishing gear, you know, trying weed lines and stuff like that too. We've, um, you know, throwing gear, we've picked them up there. But, yeah, I might have to try that. I never really thought about that. Now, are you running a sinking line when you're doing that? Or are you running a floating line with something heavy like a clouser? Or I'm, how are you doing? When I do it, I'm running a floating line with, in about an eight foot leader and lead dumbbell wire fly. It it can be articulated. It can be three to four inches, but it's dragging on the bottom. Okay. So I'm definitely and like to I try said, that. That's that's river fishing. And okay. Like I said, they're just coming up on the bars and they're they're eating. They're they're picking off minnows while they come by, but mm-hmm. don't do it fast. They're, okay. They're lazy fish. Oh, yeah. Oh, definitely. But once you hook um, one, it's not like when you're trolling. They do fight no. way better than when, when you catch them trolling. Yeah, well, when I was river fishing, I all my most of my river fishing is, all, well, all of my river fishing always has been, um, with one exception, 
uh, wade fishing. So when I was um, back in Wisconsin, I was catching them. Where I was finding them is I'd find it, this river was basically sand with these big cannonball, the you know, beach ball sized boulders and you know, rocks in them. And when you'd find a little dugout surrounded by those boulders, I was um, basically a weighted, heavy weighted dumbbell fly and almost swinging it through there. And that's when I'd pick up on these uh, walleye. So I'll have to try that for a lake and just work it really, really slow. Actually, if you go back about uh, about two months in the Orvis Fly Fishing Guide podcast, there's a whole podcast about fly fishing for walleye on lakes. And it's it's super informative. Okay. I'll have to go back and not, uh, listen to that one. Not to promote other podcasts, but I'm going to. No, that's one i already listened to i just i don't listen to every episode so i only listen to the ones that i think uh might teach me something that's applicable to my fisheries yeah that that's one that you should definitely listen to because the dude's from canada and that's close enough to wisconsin and the up you know (laughs) Mm -hmm. i've done some fishing in canada on flying trips to lakes it was um with a few, you know, I did do some fly fishing, but it was right when I started fly fishing, I still didn't know my head from my ass. And I never caught a walleye on it, but most of the fish we were catching, we were trolling or jigging for walleye out there. So, but yeah, those lakes, they're more, um, without getting technical, they're not quite as fertile as some of the lakes we have around here. So I don't know how much that would affect it either, but yeah, I'll have to listen to it and try it out. Exactly. They're, uh, they're going out right at dusk time, and they're throwing big, heavy flies on the shallow bars because that's where that's where the fish come up and feed at nighttime. Well, that makes sense because that's basically the same structure we're trolling on, and it's at the same time period we're trolling, so that makes perfect sense. So, but yeah, I'll have to give that a try. So, hey, on that note, Zach, uh, what? Are you, uh, is there anything that we haven't hit on that you want to hit on, man? Oh, I don't know if you want to keep talking fishing. Otherwise, we got some great, I know you guys like your cold beer just as much as I do. We got some great beers up here in the UP. So, yeah, um, there's a few different things in the fishing we could talk about up here. Um, whether it be um, trout or musky or, or are, we can talk beer. Are there still grayling in, in, or is there still grayling in the UP? No, but um, there there's a big push going. They're actually in the process of it. They got grailing. They got them in quarantine, and they're going to try restocking them, I believe, the Manistee River downstate. Um, they tried in the past, and it didn't really work out, but now they think they've got the water um, clean enough that they can give it another go. So uh, hopefully in the next few years, grailing will be a thing here in Michigan. It'll be down in the lower peninsula, but hopefully it uh, happens. Why didn't it work out? prior is it is the water too warm was it not clean enough what do you know uh i don't think really anybody knows because like they look at you look at the waters they tried them in the Osable and the manistee there's some of the finest trout waters in the world yeah and you know the water's cold and clean that's why they have the big trout in them that they do but i um i don't think really anyone knows if they just because their their stock is from montana so, and these grayling kind of got excavated in the um, mid to late 1800s. So, 
does anyone really know? Maybe there are different subspecies. It's hard to say that we're, you know, different subspecies better adapted to our local climate and our local waters. It's hard to say, but um, I don't think really anyone knows, but they're going to give it another try. Hell yeah, man. That'd be, that'd be a great time. I'd love to be able to catch a, a grayling in the, the lower 48. Oh, I think it would be too. And that's only maybe three hours for me. So it wouldn't be too bad of a drive to go try to catch some grayling. Outside of outside of the fishing you've done in your you know your home state and where you live now, is it, have you fished outside of there except for the little bit of salt water you've done? Any trips anywhere? Um, yeah, I um, it was all gear well, with trying to do some fly fishing. I fished in Canada. I fished in Texas in the Laguna Madre. Uh, didn't catch anything because they had it was really cold weather for the middle of. January, yeah, middle of January. It was 50 degrees, so it shut down the saltwater fishing, so we didn't do it too well. That was all gear. Then I've gotten a chance to fish in, Mon- um, not Montana, Wyoming, and that was that was kind of a shit show because I went out to uh, the North Platte River near Casper. I was visiting friends out there, and while they had to work, I was out fishing, and my stubborn... Uh, ass decided that i was going to do the streamer game and everyone tell was telling me it's the nymph game right now it's late august it's trigos and nymphing and my first night out there i was swinging a, a streamer and i hooked into a 22 inch brown or not brown rainbow sorry biggest rainbow i've ever caught on the fly and so that first night there oh, i'm like oh yeah i'm gonna hammer on these fish on the streamers and they got that goofy stream laws where you could they own uh private landowners can own the stream bed and since i was too cheap to get a guide and too stubborn to listen to what the fly shops were telling me um you know i was limited to the public access and i tried fishing streamers the first day and a half and that wasn't working and i gave in and went down to a fly shop bought some nymphs kind of got some pointers from them but i had never nymph fished before prior to that so i mean i hooked in the fish but i did not know what i was doing and so that was uh it was a fun trip, but unsuccessful on the fishing end of it. So, did, but did, other than that, I really haven't gotten out too much besides Michigan and uh, Wisconsin. Did you learn to bobicate at all? I did learn to bobicate a little bit, and then I kind of learned that for my uh, local steelheading. But I've caught, I've, I haven't landed a steelhead on the fly, but I've hooked into more steelhead strip and a streamer, and I have bobicating and. I have a love-hate relationship with the steelhead now because I've caught them out of a boat, but, you know, trolling and all that, but can't seem to get them on the fly rod. And I don't know if I can get myself to sit there and fish a whole stretch with beads. So You don't need the beads, but, man, the bob decator does work. It does work well if, if, if used very effectively. And and even, yeah, without, even just, without beads. i got to bring myself even with streamers. to swallow my to do it. So just go at, and, you just know, go at high and likely times with the little streamer, where, bro. Where you can really fly fish for these steelhead is really limited up here in the eastern upper peninsula. And it makes it tough. Like any gear guy, like a pinner could do some serious. I've seen pinners do some serious work up here on steelhead. Um, or guys running spin gear with spawn sacks. But um, fuck those dudes. <laughs> yeah, they stink, man. <laughs> For real. Sounds They're fun. coming home slimy. Ugh. <laughs> Not <so laughs> Jace doesn't even degrade himself to that. Yeah, I, I haven't gone. I mean, I I used to, growing up not too far from Milwaukee, I fished a lot of spawn sacks on spin gear under a bobber, but 
But I, with the fly rod, I just uh, seems like cheating almost. Uh, hey, we, we all we all were there at one point. We all I, I fished egg sacks underneath a big noodle only, rod. Before. Listen, there's only sure. one guy at the table that thinks they hit it real hard when they got a bobber on, and that's Jason. That <laughs> come on, <laughs> man. He he fills hey. he fills them slam the nymph. Get him right. <laughs> yeah, I'd rather. I got a nymph sometimes box, it takes that. I got a box of beads, so we'll see. Maybe I'll I'll go out and get after it and try to get a little better at the bobber fishing. You could you could leave the beads at home. You could throw little woolly buggers, listen, you know, zonkers, listen, here, everything. Here's what I do. I I put a sucker spawn, but like a a crystal meth, just so it's something different that everybody else ain't doing. So that's my fly fishing, you know, aspect of it. And then there's a bead right up behind that, about twelve inches. Nothing. For, sure. right. For sure, dude. You're gonna take fish on both, but they it works. No Just doubt about use it. beads because tying nymph or tying eggs sucks. What about what about I, crystal I meth, man? There, Chad. I don't. I just. I hate tying eggs. Don't yeah. Do it. <laughs> if if I'm gonna tie eggs, I'm gonna fish beads. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I, I yeah? gave most of the iron flies away to a buddy of mine that fishes gear because he'll run beads and he wanted to try running the iron flies on his uh, gear rig, so I gave most of my eggs away and just bought beads because I got sick of tying the things. Exactly, man. They they work good. I just hate tying them. So, if you're going to call me not a fly fisherman, you can go pound salt. But once yeah, you... I love beads. I'm going to tell you, though, there's a there. place There's a place for both of them because once yeah. you use both, once you've... I've used beads, like, nothing... They don't drift like each other. And at times, they want... You know, one one or the other. You know, they could they could save you from having to tie up eight billion times on some streams. I would think the yarnies over the beads. Beads are you're breaking them off all day. That's it. Losing hooks. Never ran a bead. Oh, <laughs> oh, you haven't lived, Mark. You haven't lived. <laughs> no, I mean, hey, hey in, instead of adding a little sinker. So at this point, I probably never will. Mark's a gold star. Instead of adding a little sinker for weight, just run the bead in front of it, Mark. In, instead of running a little little sinker, like say you had a weighted streamer, you wanted that little bit more front. weight, stick the bead in front of it. If you run like five of them in a row, it works even better. <laughs> <laughs> so, hey, Zach, I'm about 13... Uh, twisted teas deep tonight. Let's talk some. Let's talk some craft beer. Okay. What do you want to know? What What is there in the UP that we don't have that we can't get in Michigan? Because Michi- well, Michigan is a fucking mecca. Oh, lo- the Lower Peninsula. Hold up, I gotta crack another one. There we go. <laughs> okay. So the Lower Peninsula, they got a lot of the bigger beer. They also, you know, they obviously have more people. Um, so there's a lot more beers you can get accessible, but almost all of your beers here in the UP are only distributed in the UP. So kind of working um, east to west in Sault Ste. Marie, you got Sioux Brewing Company. Um, that's one of my local hangouts. It's only an hour away from me. Um, they brew some real good beers. The IPAs there are excellent. And do you drive home from that? <laughs> well, in the Sioux, so generally I don't. So. Um, Here's usually, Uber yeah, in Upper Peninsula. <laughs> so, and then um, north of Newberry at the Tequaman Falls, there's a little microbrewery camp. I think it's called Camp 33. They got some pretty decent beer there. There's a small brewery I haven't been to yet in Munising. Then you get towards Marquette, and that's kind of the mecca of the craft beer scene here in the UP. Um, you got Ordock and uh, Black Rocks, which are some of the best beers i've had ever period um 
like the Ordock Blonde is hands down my favorite beer. It's a blonde beer, little sweet, drinks as easy as any, you know, like a Bush Light like I'm drinking now, but it's 8%, which is a nice benefit. Holy shit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but you it's don't like know it's 8% until you're about three or four deep and you stand up to go break the seal, and then you're going, oh, boy. <laughs> so Black Rocks over there, they got a cream ale. They're called their Grand Rabbits. That's really good. They got um, their 51K IPA is one of the best drinking IPAs around. And they, the, the thing is, both of those uh, breweries run so many different beers, it's hard to keep track. They run so many seasonals and all that. And then you jump down to Escanaba, and that's probably the biggest as far as distributing goes. And that, that's um, called Upper Hand Brewery. They got some great beers. One of my favorite fall beers is their Deer Camp. Um, I, I think it's like a red lager. I'd have to double check. No, I'll have to wait a few weeks and double check. But that's a darn tasty fall beer. And they got like a Laughing Whitefish, which was really good. And they got a bunch of different beers. And they're distributing all throughout the whole UP, I believe. And they're actually, I could be wrong, but I believe they're owned by Bells, which is brews the two-hearted pale ale, um, and they're downstate. Mm-hmm. And then you keep going west, there's into Ishpeming, just uh, west of Marquette. Amen, cognition. keep preaching, brother. <laughs> what? I said, amen, keep pre- preaching, brother. And uh, in Ishpeming, they got Cognition. Haven't been to their um, brewery yet, but I know I've had a lot of their beers, and they... I haven't had anything from Cognition that was bad. Um, then there's also uh, Jasper's over there. Their beers are decent, but that they don't distribute at all. You got to go to Jasper's to drink their beer. And then, um, to my knowledge, there could be other ones that I don't know, but then you finally end up way up in the Keweenaw Peninsula, up in Houghton, and they got Keweenaw Brewing Company, and they got their Widowmaker Black, which is awesome. Their Red Jacket, also awesome. And then their um, pickaxe blonde, which is a really, really good blonde. So, yeah, I mean, you could you could spend a week touring the UP just drinking beer, and that's not including all the touristy stuff like the Plumman Falls, um, the Sulocks, Mackinac Bridge, Picture Rocks, all the other stuff we actually got to see up here. You could spend a week just drinking beer up here. So, hey Zach, you you made my face fucking red with this. All this great craft brewery. And can I go on a, can I get on my high horse for a minute? Go ahead. Okay. My favorite fucking craft brewery got bought up by AB and Bev last week. And we weren't on the, the podcast to talk about it. True story. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I heard about it. Platform mm-hmm. from Cleveland, Ohio got bought okay. by AB, AB, the biggest regional brewery in the country. And. I can no longer go there. I never went there. My wife and my kid went there. I've never been there. I drank so much platform beer, and now they had hands down the best sour selection in the, the best, best sour beers there. The were. best sours and the best IPAs. Mm-hmm. And I can't, I can't justify spending my money there anymore. So, fuck platform <laughs> and fuck AB. <laughs> so I'm sorry, Zach. I'm sorry to get on my. I'm sorry to get on my high horse during your uh, your segment, but that oh God, we talked about beer and that pissed me off so bad. I understand they want to give their employees health benefits. I understand they want to make more money, but uh, craft beer it 
craft beer stands for something, and I don't stand for what <laughs> it stands for getting hammered. I don't. It I don't stand for IP. what I don't stand for what AB has to offer. That so. that's just painful, you know. Like Ordock and Blackhawks, which I mentioned, they only distribute to a five county area, and the county I live in, Loose County, here is in that five county area. So unless you're willing to drive or live within that area. It's you can't get any of their beers, which I think is great because I got a lot of friends. I grew up in Wisconsin. Cheeseheads like their beer, and so I it, I bring a lot of beer back home with me when I come home. And um, yeah, there's something about being able to go to a brewery and having something local that you just can't beat. You like Aaron Rodgers with your uh, with your beer? And being from Wisconsin, you have to know and appreciate New Galeras. You know. I was just drinking some last night, actually. Spotted Cow doesn't sell out to AB. They could, but they won't. Well, they've actually, I don't know the exact details, but I know they've turned down some really, really big distributing contracts just to mm-hmm. keep it Wisconsin only. Yeah. And uh, I'll tell you what, if you're ever in Wisconsin, you're looking for a beer to drink, you can't go wrong with Spotted Cow. You just can't. Anything by New Galaris. They have a they have a great sour program also. Yeah, I haven't had any of their sours yet. Um, another beer that's a, I'm a big fan of is their um, Moon Man. That's another good one. Um, but if you ever get back to Wisconsin or up towards Milwaukee, Lakefront Brewery is a hell of a place, too. They got some great beers there. I wish I could get mo- home towards my parents more often and stop by, but, uh, you know, such is life. So, so, to, so to get to all the those good breweries that you have up there in the wintertime, do you live on like a snowmobile for probably half a year, or how do you get around? There's, you said yeah, 200 inches work, of snow? Uh, or? We use, we use uh, long track snowmobiles, ski-doo tundras. Um, oh, fuck them ski-doos, man. We're at a cat house. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you, hey, Chad, you can come up here and sled, and when you need a pull out, you can give me a call. I dig it, man. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, we're on, you know, that's the problem with my job. I'm on a sled every day during the winter and on snowshoes. And uh, I got a lot of friends that like sledding for fun, but I do it Monday through Friday and it just takes the fun out of it. But, you know, sometimes you get on a fresh groomed trail early in the morning before everyone else gets on it and you can open it up. And that's always fun. It's also fun bombing it through the woods sometimes, too. Heck yeah, man. I have a, my stepdad, he goes up to the UP all the time snowmobiling. So we get to hear all the, the great stories about that. And it's, it's fun to hear the other half, like the guys that live up there, you know? Yeah. You know, there's a lot of guys, um, coming up over the bridge, whether they're fudgies or, um, those fine, fine folks from Ohio. Um, <clears throat> they, uh, we're Pennsylvania know, motherfucker. Oh, you guys are excluded then. I'm from Ohio. (laughs) Go go ahead. I want to hear it. We like it. We we, we call them fobs for a reason. Fucking Ohio bastard. (laughs) They say that that everywhere. Yeah, they say it on the eerie trips too. That's great. I like that. We're we're keeping that. (laughs) But, uh, no, I, I would say to the biggest thing to anyone that wants to come up is just have some trail etiquette and you know yeah you're out in the middle of nowhere there's hunt there's thousands of miles of trail up here but i've had to ditch my sled multiple times over the course of me living up here because guys riding not you know side by side coming around a 90 degree corner 
having it in their, you know, 800cc sled full open. And that's not fun when I got to jump off my sled just so I don't die. And there's always a few deaths up here every year. So if anyone wants to come and sled, come up and sled up here. It's great. But just be safe, be courteous, because there's a lot of Bob's not safe and Bob's not out there. People to come up and do it. Yeah, if they drive a sled. Watch out like for the watch car. out for the yeah. FOBs. Yeah, well, you know, most of the time they're running Articats, so they're broke down, so they aren't on the trail so much. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one right there. I bet you drive a Chevy also. It bad pull. <laughs> Oh, there you go. <laughs> so, hey, Zach, we're running about an hour. Is there anything that we haven't hit on that you would like to hit on? I think we had on craft beer, we had on snowmobiling, we had on fly fishing. What else is there in the upper UP? I guess if you want to come visit the UP, if you want to do the tourist stuff, picture rocks, all that famous stuff we got up here, your best bet's going to be August, September. If you want to do the tourist stuff, if you want to do the fishing, you know, do your research because it's real seasonal up here. If you want to hit the smallmouth that springtime, steelhead spring. Um, summertime, you're really limited um, unless you want to hit the St. Mary's up and fish Atlantic. So just do your homework if you want to come up and fish. Um, other than that, you know, if people, want, if anyone wants to get a hold of me, they got any questions about the UP, they can find me on Instagram. So is, are there any fly shops up there that, uh, if someone does want to come to the UP and go fishing, that they can get a hold of the fly shops to get some recommendations on times and like stuff that's going on. Yes. There's, um, there's only two fly shops in the UP. One, there was one that just closed down a few months ago, but, um, Nick Simon here on superior outfitters out of Marquette. They're a real good group of guys. Um, he's in Marquette, Michigan. So anything up in that in the region, you want to get a hold of him. He's on all this different social media. And then um, my buddy Seth Waters runs a fly shop out of the back of the Contrast Coffee in Iron River, Michigan, near the Wisconsin border. And as far as that south central um, and kind of western UP, there's not a finer person to get a hold of. Um, and that's Darkwater's fly shop there in Iron River. And the closest fly shop to me otherwise is over in Canada. So if anyone, um, I forgot what the name of them is, but... Uh, I would hit up them if you have any interest in hitting up the St. Mary's because you got to go to Canada anyways if you want to fish the St. Mary's Rapids. So, so go, basically go to Dark Waters Fly Shop? Yep, and then Superior Outfitters out of Marquette. Cool, man. Awesome, well, man. Hey, thank you for your time. Mm. And uh, well, we've definitely appreciated it. Yeah, it was great to get to talk to you, man. Thank you for that. Yeah, the, thanks thank for you having for me the, on. It's been fun. Yeah, thanks for listening, and hell, we'll, we'll keep in contact, bud. Always. Thanks for having us. Such a good podcast, too, guys. I really do appreciate it. I've learned a lot from you guys and from your guests, and I really enjoy the podcast. I always thought they said Tony Danza. They do, don't they? Hey, uh, Mona, what's going on? So since we're talking over it, let's just talk over it. Yeah. Um, that was a good talk. Yeah. I enjoyed Zach. And uh, I enjoy listeners requesting to be on the show. You know? I I could have that all the time. Let us know what you learned from the show. And 
hit us up, man. Let us know, man. We'll have you on every week. Every you had a brief we get. ten seconds. You sound like Delilah there. Hey, Mona. No, 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 no. <laughs> what the fuck's wrong with you guys? <laughs> you know, there's a lot wrong with us, James. You know, see that. <laughs> all of it. All of it's wrong with them. <laughs> Fucking live so far you know out of town. That's about Delilah, the, the radio show. Oh, Delilah? Yeah. 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 But hey, listeners. Tonight, this is tonight. like the sincere <laughs> fucking moments. <laughs> easily, easily listening with Delilah. Yeah. I like it when people he, call in. He had a heartfelt Delilah moment there. I did. I did. did you? Right. <laughs> so, hey, on the real, though. Oh, Jesus H. Christ. We oh, did, we got to go back a couple weeks. We didn't do a show last week. Yeah. Somebody was fucking hurting. And that somebody was me. I'm gonna get so, all Delilah on you. Okay. I I did not go fishing with Jason because I was too. Did hungover. you fish that day? Sunday? Sunday? Yeah. You did? I, I didn't. I How'd you do? He caught two, I caught three. You guys went trout fishing? No. Did you hear no. that? I caught two. Oh, oh, oh. And missed one. Oh, you see, but yeah. I hybrids. Missed one I missed one not too. stripers. Hi- hybrids. 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 Wipers, if you want to yeah. call them that. What do you want to call them? <coughs> no, Jason, Jason got schooled. The reason we were so as, jacked up is, per usual. I get a call on Wednesday. Early. As soon as I get off work. Where are you at? Chad's family is, has has touched down. They've hit base. Let's, let's, let's start drinking booze and playing and cornhole. Now. Now. Chop, chop. And so <laughs> I had to go home, take a quick shower, and I was here Im- immediately, and... That was for orders from the boss at work. I was drinking his beer at work. <laughs> and then I went down here to drink more of his beer and hang out. And a great dance, great dancer. A great, great, no, great time. <laughs> 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 yeah. No, it was awesome. We had great, uh, great food every night. I mean, it was like amazing food. I mean, even you missed out on the pizza night too. We did. But even leading up to like the reunion itself, like every night is like it's unbelievable a food. I mean, there was like Philly oh. cheesesteaks the first night. Bruce yeah. and I were cooking up. You, that you, pork Thursday oh. night in the pizza oven. Oh, that was oh incredible. yeah. The pork was... Mm. What about all oh, them crab balls? Oh, yeah. the crab God. balls. The oh. crab balls. Oh, say they get slow. Grilled clams. Crab ball. yeah. the, the, the clams. My daughter even, dude, she pounded on probably a six-pack at least of those. I eat, If I didn't eat three pounds of clams myself, I didn't eat one. Clam. Oh yeah, and I ate three pounds of clams. I had a dozen. <laughs> there were a lot of them there. I mean, I, I I cleaned out a dozen. My wife took a few. She, when she got there, she was some reason she was angsty when she got there. But as soon as she got there, started digging in and just shut up. Started drinking. It's the seafood, man. The seafood sets them sets the mood. It sets your mind at ease. Mm-hmm. Just like Delilah. On <laughs> what they brought they brought it hot, up with them on hot SVS talk. Shut the fuck up, man. <laughs> they brought stuff up with them. Oh yeah, man. They brought awesome. crab. They brought crab meat that they caught, right. or no? They brought pre-picked Just crab. They brought clams. They brought ten pounds of clams, I think. They hit like clams. the fish market up before. They yeah, came they hit in. the fish market up, and then they brought uh, produce from their own farm. So we're still eating uh, cucumbers and squash and zucchinis that they brought. Yeah, Sweet. and they're zucchinis. Let me tell you, if you guys haven't cooked some zucchinis on the grill, oh, that's, where, that's it's where it's at, man. Yeah, I'll even that, eat them. That or, that or if you're going to go ahead and, and fry them up, you know what I mean, do the whole nine. But. Oh, dude, we did some walleye <laughs> in the deep fryer last night. Oh, 
Oh my god. Even on the night, the night of your uh, the, the actual reunion itself. Oh man, I know. I I cleaned up on some walleye. Some people didn't get any, and I felt bad. My wife didn't get any. I was like, yeah, that was after he ate their fucking share. <laughs> I was like, oh man, I'm so yeah. I had it. Uh, that was uh, gone like 30 minutes max. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, I showed up and you guys said it was gone. So, uh, walleye's always good. Where you you get it from the same guy or? Um, my, where are you getting this shit? My at? mom's cousin Randy. Good. He he yeah. caught him. Ah, fuck, man. Our, we got it made here. If you like, I, I can't say that I've ate better fish except for maybe cold water, like wintertime bluegill or, you know what I mean? Like, that's, that's but, top of the shelf. If you could find a perch, perch aren't so prevalent like they used to be. Walleye straight from Erie hadn't been frozen. Oh, that's mm. I'll tell you, man. That shit, bro. Yeah, it's great. Oh, they were perfect, too. They were all, like, 17 to 22 range fish. Yeah. They were just oh, perfect man, you get the little, Oh, you get the little end. Oh. It's got a little curl on it. Oh, crunchy. Oh, you did it. Did the whole pieces? Yeah. I Last night when we did them, I cut them into to walleye nuggets. Chunks, yeah. That's oh, my I like God. doing mine like that because you're getting more breading per piece. Like, yeah, That's how I feel. And then and then it's easier to share around, you know and what I mean? it's easier to eat. Like, yeah. Oh, well, sharing it around, like, you do, okay, if you eat four chunks of that, that's like, that's definitely close to a whole piece, like... I did it last night with pickles also. I cut the pickles in half long ways, and then I cut them into thirds lengthwise before we put them in the deep fryer. Okay. And I said, that way when you eat your pickle, <laughs> the whole pickle doesn't come out, and you're left with just a bunch of breading. Ah, mm-hmm. oh, man, you're making I my some, mouth water like, talking I know about some, this shit right now. I can't I know talk some about ladies that, <clears throat> that love the pickle coming in their mouth full length. But we full juice? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> not <laughs> mine. Jeez, I don't know what fucking woman you're talking about. <laughs> But <laughs> ah, real funny. You want but we like the short pickles in our mouths. <laughs> yes. <laughs> no, uh walleye walleye uh, nuggets are the way to go, I think. Especially on a bigger mm. you know, once you get a fish that's over I think like seventeen eighteen plus inches, that's a pretty big fleck. You know what I mean? Yeah, man. It's a big chunk of fish for anybody, so Yeah, you gotta chunk those out. So, so let's get to some fishing talk. Who, let's right. not fuck that. Let's just talk about <laughs> eating. Bullshit. Let's just talk about bullshit. Let's talk about food. We didn't. We didn't. We didn't catch. We caught bass, but no delicious bass. <laughs> no. No. None you can eat. So well, you didn't fish at all while they were here, did you? Did you guys end up going out Sunday morning? Today was the first time I fished in three weeks. I think since last time we've spoke. And that's why oh, you forgot God. how to do it. Fuck yeah, it. I rolled out. But of you know what? I didn't forget to do, Jace. Drink the beers. <laughs> that it, the teas came with it. <laughs> I remember how to do that. Chad drinks so much beer, he got a urinary, urinary tract infection, so he's drinking sweet teas. <laughs> twisted tea, sorry. <laughs> oh, man, I'm riding that twisted tea, oh. twisted tea train tonight. That's good Mark, stuff, Mark, have man. you fished? Can tell, talk about fishing, Well, yeah, please. that Sunday your family was over, I think, <clears throat> what, three nights in a row is over here till like, midnight. <laughs> yeah. Roll out of bed Sunday morning, and we had fished a lake for bass. Got a couple, and once again, another, like, low 20s catfish, which you'll prelude to later talk, but... One of those nights... It was kind of slow that morning. Uh, Tough. Got a a couple fish, but nothing nothing special. I went earlier that... So this is a couple weeks, like you said, ago. Been a while, but uh, I, I got a few trips in, but... Fished the river, caught some smaller smallmouth and two hybrids the one day. But, dude, it's crazy that you could fish over those fish and not catch them as hard as they come up and hit it when they do. You know what I mean? 
They're they're just that aggressive. I figured I would catch fish. Went down there. It seemed overfished. You know, and this same same spot that I'll fish over and over seems pressured sometimes to me, and I think it just won't happen. But then I'll, you do it right or do it different. I was surprised. I think the when depth you do it, we were there that day. That it's shallower than it. It was like you could walk it. across everywhere. You could yeah. walk around it and fish it like it was a pool. Oh yeah, instead. yeah. No, that like where you fished the day we went. So outside of that, I landed two that day. I had a few good eats, like, mm-hmm. but I watched them. And I it missed was, one. It was all from shit you can't do anywhere else. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like how I'm fishing the fly back and forth across seams. But uh, the day me and you went, I thought you would hook up far more than I did where you were fishing at as opposed to where I was fishing, but I ended up sticking them again. You had to watch just like you. Yeah. Learn, yeah. A, little, learn a little bit. Mm-hmm. Learn me one. Oh, my kids were out there. <laughs> they were, like, getting swept away. It was still, it was still a little bit of water. Yeah. Water that day. The, not Water wasn't low, but very, you know, weightable in comparison to what it's been. So one of the few times, I've only waited, wet-weighted probably three times well, this year. Well, like I said, I was surprised you could walk the whole way around it. Oh, yeah. No, and I, even your kids could wade across. Yeah, they swim a little bit. Yeah, they were getting pushed away, and I'm trying to land fish. Like, come here. Grab your hand. Oh uh, yeah, it was it was really calm. Yeah, it was come here. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah, I heard. Yeah, come here, f bombs. <laughs> <laughs> what no, are they, you doing down there? Like, and he said he was holding on to the the. He's getting swept down the river. Yeah, the boy's like, um, I was holding on by like a little uh weed growing out. <laughs> I'm like, well, you you held on good, good job. Pull him back up. You got to understand, current on <clears throat> on you isn't the same as current on a short. Short little kids. So. <laughs> it doesn't have as much weight <laughs> and they gravity. Were, oh, you turn sideways and you cut it. You know what I mean? They're like, oh, shit, shit. <laughs> going down. I was like, see you, Sharon. See you downtown. <laughs> see you at the loop, buddy. Yeah, have fun. <laughs> at least like, you guys swim well. God damn it. Some, some bombs in there, but drug them back up there. And then I stuck another fish. I changed flies. Yeah. I got a fish on, on two different flies that day. Both were tied, I'm pretty sure, by Mark, so... Kudos to the junk drawer fly box. It's can, still working. <laughs> wait, wait, can I, can I throw Mark under the bus a little bit today? Why, he tied you a bat? He tied your hook for you? Mark did not do off? any of that today. Uh-huh. But I did have a hard time landing fish, mm-hmm. and I had caught nothing but small fish today. Because Mark wasn't there? No, because oh. I was wearing an Urban Fly Company hat. Damn. And I think that was my downfall. Damn. <laughs> Told you. It's only lucky on catfish right Leave now. Leave that shit at home. I caught a few good ones in it. I, I can't complain. <laughs> no, the, the little white deceiver. Well, that's that was what I was fishing after when I caught my second fish the day me and Jason went out. But that's been a, a staple all season. Just a, your plain, simple, it's plain Jane. It ain't not, nothing to that fly. That It swims straight. You see what I'm saying? But hey, the, man, I got a rock bass and... Oh, three, three, I got three smallmouth that day. Did you? Yeah, you I seen a couple. There. Yeah, he did. No, I don't want to yeah. hear about it because no one counted my bluegills when we were in the boat. No one. Rock bass yeah. is way cooler than a bluegill. Oh heck yeah! I got the fucking red Rock eye. Rock bass but, is awesome. But yeah. look at that. That's that was like two two trips for me. I went down there. I got four fish. I raised another one. That I don't you know did. how it missed a fly. I missed one too. Yeah, good then, one. And then what? Uh, Thought I, a good one. I stopped by a few days ago, right at dark. Some old man was fishing. He had bait. He's throwing a plug, and I'm just letting him do his thing. Made a few casts below him, but I need to get up in the, in where it's happening. As soon as he left, I told him how I did it, and he walked out of there within three casts. Boom! I'm hooked up. So, you know, a couple minutes later, I see fish, bait fish, getting pushed around and throw it out there like it's salt water. You know what I mean? Like here we go. 
boom, fish is on. So stuck a couple, went home. Happy, I'm happy when I catch one of those fish, dude. A hybrid striped bass is a, I can't say that everybody even gets chances at those. You know, it's kind of, I, I think to me, it's like a hidden fish. People don't really know a lot about. Go ahead and hook one. It, it you know, you could, you can't compare it to saltwater, but oh my God, for here, mm-hmm. for for what we got here, power wise. For as far inland as we are. Yeah, power wise, you're not going to find a Nothing fish. Nothing like it. Yeah, I'm like, uh, I think I got a big fish every time and turn reel into like a 17 incher and you're like, God <laughs> damn it. Yeah, Holy exactly. Shit. That's it too. Almost went to my back. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Jace, that, what? Thursday, I wanted to go, I had nothing on my mind, but I wanted to go sight fish for carp on, you know, at the local spot. And it rained on Thursday. And I was like, oh, God, all I want to do is go sight fish for these carp. And Jay was like, you can go hybrid fishing. I, I know, I know I can do that, but I don't want to. I want to go sight fish for carp. Well, that's another. I haven't got to do it all year. And that's another <laughs> element. Now that we're at the, you know, we were at the lowest. You, you'll get another. You'll get a couple more chances. It'll it'll flatten back out again. Water's going to dissipate quick. How here. bad is it though that we're still at this point? We haven't and we had haven't a got to, to do, do it. it. <laughs> yeah, but how I can't believe how many times I couldn't wait it. See what no, I'm saying? no like, waiting. Wet. No, nowhere. Whether yeah. it's warm water or not, like, well, like it was to the point you couldn't wait it. Whether it was just because it was. I, mean, I went out. Were you going today? I couldn't go to the second to the second shoot because my phone in my pocket was getting wet. Yeah, no, nah, well, it, it gets a deep run on that side. And that's just. Uh, I mean, we can probably cut to it now. We haven't done much other in yeah. the last couple of weeks, but you went fish that fish that yesterday, and it was finally. I mean, it's it's not the level we typically waited at. But it but was you enough that you can get foot. you can get enough to a couple different spots. Today, more than double. Mm-hmm. Now it's I was like, oh okay, let me get a couple days out this week. It's finally where we can get in. I'll wait it a couple nights after work. Boom, raise it to eight hundred. That's what I. Nah, I that, was, that should just I be a shot from well. runoff though. It'll probably be gone tomorrow. But Mark, we just want, well, we just got hammered Mark, right now. Dude, yeah, we did. You get caught like a bad. ten pound catfish. I gotta hear about it. Yeah. Where were you fishing? We Hash, started hashtag off. Mark Burns loves pussy. <laughs> he oh. does. <laughs> they progressively <laughs> man. Pussy every, loves Mark Burns. <laughs> every trip, every time out, they've got one. They progressively get bigger, bigger, this bigger. This one was good. Same thing, same fly. What size that, rod? Oh my god. Was it your nine weight? No. I caught that on like a $30 pink Copper River 5 weight. That was my oh daughter's my ride. <laughs> All my rods wow. are broke. And I was I like, Macy, <laughs> I'm taking your ride today. In the lake? No, in the river. river. For small lake. Yeah, we went for, uh, we're going to go to the creek for bass, and it was all blown out. So we're like, screw it, let's head up the river. I'm like, we got a couple spots. Well, I was trying it. It was still flowing high enough. It was hard to walk, and it was a little off color. And I was trying to find the pull, and next thing I know, I'm like standing probably three to four inches from the top of my waders. I just dropped right off. It's like, oh, yep, found the pole, right in the middle of it. We had a couple casts, caught a couple smallmouth, and then all of a sudden some hits, and it just, the rods just peeled, like, almost down into the water, and this thing caught the current, and it's just ripping. So I got out of my buddy, I'm like, there's no way this is a smallmouth, but... You look like Joe Goodspeed hooked up to a makeup. massive. <laughs> and I'm just trying, like, for the life of me to hold on to it. So we fought her for a little bit, and as soon as it came to the top, you can see it's just a big catfish. And this rod, I'm just pulling. I got, like, both hands just pulling it, pulling it back to him. Walks over. He nets it up. That sucker had to go probably 10, 12 Mike pounds. was with you? No, my buddy Chris. Oh. Um, so that's uh, what we floated with at the Smith fly. Okay. Yep. So, yeah, we had a couple spots through there uh, and then moved down a little bit. But, yeah, that fish, though, was just... 
It was ridiculously big. For, For but a five that, that's, that same fly, that leech pattern. Nice been, catfish. Yeah. yeah, we moved down mm-hmm. from there and then uh, started getting in some smallmouth. We caught a couple small ones in the top there and found a couple better fish, but the bottom end, right before you hit that first riffle, mm-hmm. we kind of we walked in there and it was still to where you can you can maybe get 15, 20 foot up, and then mm-hmm. you were you were dropping off. You can wade the whole way to the other bank, walk up through a little bit, and there's a lot of fish sitting in through there. They're not getting messed with, so they're active and still same yeah, thing. Yeah, I haven't pop, been floating over every weekend. Give, give them like a couple pops, and then on the third pause, they were taken. Just like they were that, mm-hmm. still the same thing. couple pops, let it pause, boom. Yep. Oh, yeah. Black sculpins, black leeches, but that little uh, feather Black change, everything. Change, <laughs> that thing's been, that's been deadly. Mend. Straight nice underneath them. Yeah. Dead underneath them, throwing straight upstream. Standing mm-hmm. right, right at the top of the riffles, throwing straight up into the pole. And just popping it and then letting it mm-hmm. sit two, three seconds. And then as soon as you went to pop again, boom, they were there. You were, you were on a floating line? Yeah. Floating line, then a heavy sculpt and like a five-foot leader because it was like three, four foot deep there. So you'd start working it and lost a lot of flies, though. That will happen. Because you uh, can't get back over top of them. Because no, of your I mean, angle. <laughs> I, I tried to get back up to some of them and some I can get to. Or I'd get an angle, like if Chris was hung and reach my rod out and pull up if we could. or, But... I mean, he uh, he had a good day. He got some smallies too. What was he? he being from the trout background, that he does a lot. Uh-huh. What what is he using? Um, is he using a different like rig? Clousers and no, I mean fairly similar rig. Double white death. You could tell he mean like he he fished a lot more like the riffle sections through there, kind of comfort zone for him. Mm-hmm. That was cool. He um, missed hook, hook missed quite a few fishing through that, but even through all that area. That long stretch, there's a lot of fish sitting in through there. But yeah, he was doing a lot of the same, just working heavy flies on a floating line back in. I think he had a sink tip on. Speaking of the riffle section, mm-hmm. our guest in three weeks, I think it is, uh, Stephen Weissner, is going to talk about some musky fishing yes. and some riffle fishing. And I'm glad you brought that up. I know, man, because I know yeah. you had a story about it. So It was <clears> real. Right at the right at the head of that, where that starts, I walked a whole way to the opposite side. There's like a little belly. The bank comes up right there, and you maybe have six foot of water that's a foot deep, and it kind of drops to two and a half, three foot. So I catch a couple fish. Is that I'm, the tongue, like where it comes deep, like the? the no, not quite. Uh, it's the whole way I pressed up against. Jay, that smells like cum <laughs> and hamburgers. <laughs> So I was just putting Cumbers. a fish back, and I look up, and I see a fish coming right at me. I can tell it's big. I'm like, oh, carp. So I hurry up, put it back, and get ready to put the fly in front of it. And I, like, stop, and it's only maybe four foot from me. And it's either, it's an esox of some sort, pike or musky. I, don't, I couldn't tell quite. It looked more like a pike, but probably 32-inch range. No fins moving, no nothing. Everything tucked to the side, just riding the current. Like a two-by-four. Just like a two-by-four. Yep, just... Straight as an arrow, boom, nothing moving. Not dead, I mean, just perfectly sitting dead straight like it should be. Boom. Hits, hits the ripple section swim. and just shoots right down through it. And I'm like, what the heck was that? Downstream? Came from up, went down. That was fun. I, was reading, a, I was reading an uh, article about all that. They did some research and put a bunch of sensors in some muskie in the Great Lakes. And... Uh, 
Are you talking about James Bond? Yeah, yeah, James Bond. I read, yeah, the thing you sent out. I was reading that. You know, you sent, yeah, you sent a the text out to all of us, and I, so I actually read it this time. What? I actually got into it and ho- read the whole fucking thing. That's amazing research. That fish travels Lake St. Clair all the way down to like New York, and down then, to the Buffalo Harbor. Yeah, and then all the way back up. All they the way into <laughs> they back tracked one that far. Yeah, yeah, no yeah. Double O seven, brother. Yeah, huh. yeah. That was a code code name for the tag. Yeah, the, yeah. They called that fish James Bond. <laughs> yeah, that's but, James Bond, bro. No other, no other cases like it. They that, didn't move quite as far, but they still moved. That was the one out of a hundred and eleven fish. Mm-hmm. Wow, that was but the one. So. They said they found like a lot of the fish in the uh, fall time. Not even like towards spawning, they would move to a certain area because of the food. So they would all move to a certain spot in Lake St. Clair because that's where food was at that time. And That's a rare catch cool. in Lake Erie. A rare, it rare, is. rare, oh, yeah. rare catch to, for a Lake Erie. You I know, heard Lake Erie has every species, no doubt about it. But I heard about some guys catching them through the ice this year, but that's... Erie? That's, yeah. Prescott? No, in Cleveland. Huh. But that's really the only time I get to hear about them. I don't know. They're there. Very, very seldom do you ever hear of them. You, you'll hear of them in Prescott. Well, even event. even yeah. a rare look they how stalk many them in Prescott. Look how yeah. many fish could run into a trip and get snagged by anybody fly fishing or you know so, uh, steelhead fishing or whatever, get lined or something. You know, you never really hear of that. Exactly. Which, uh, big fish is going to run what March? You know, I mean, at the latest February, March, and fish yeah. would be in there. People, guys are. They fishing might just it. stay in the lake and breed. That's yeah, they could stay in the lake and be suspended right the whole there. time and just eat and yeah, eat and eat and eat and become huge. Some, and no one will ever Some know. rivers don't freeze. You got a few rivers in Ohio that probably never get the ice over like that. You never know. And depending on temperature anyway, what would they run? They're trying to spawn in 50s, right? 49 to 52. Doesn't it doesn't happen until really late compared to when they may run to... You know, get ready to spawn, pre-spawn. Speaking of that, man, I was talking to PG the other day. I'm like, man, I can't wait for the temperatures to cool down a little bit here in September and October a little bit so we can... I want to get a couple musky outings with him, you know, before we fish together in the beast. We've fished for musky before, but, you know, just to get out and kind of get into the back into the feel of it, get into the throwing the fly lines and all that bull stuff and... You know, instead of just you say bull stuff, a, and instead of instead of Mark a, throwing a five weight for you know he's yeah. going to be throwing a twelve weight with a you know bigger fly. You know now it's you know we're throwing for small mouth, and I'm I was throwing a seven weight for stripers. It was better off than a six weight. I'll tell you that. This isn't the clean show. We can say bullshit. Well, hold on, hold but on. What are we talking about? <laughs> what the fuck are we really talking about here? We're talking about musky fishing, man. Oh, oh, you want to do some practice when it gets cold. Speaking of that, don't rush summer, goddammit. We only get one. No, I, I was hit up, and we were asked to hit on the Beast of the East, and I totally forgot about it at the, the top of the show. Uh, the Beast of the East entry, time, entry date is September? M- September 27th, correct? Mm. I don't I know. Think I didn't package. think it was quite that late. I thought it was like September 12th. Sounds more right to me. We probably should do that here in the near future. Yeah, we. I have not done my registry yet, and I, I, I'm. Well, we all have to get in, right? Did you get your package? You oh, got I have a, a package. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. you got a. You got I got an get email. Package. We're just sleeping at your camping him. I don't yeah, know my package. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, next week, uh, Matt Dixon is coming on from Muskie's Inc. Chapter sixty four 
to talk about the Beast of the East tournament. So, and speaking of the Beast of the East, I started a boat project yesterday. Can we talk about that a little bit? Sure. Are, are we done fishing talking? I, I you, mean, I haven't talked about going on a float, but no, you, can, you, you do you. Go on a float? Oh yeah, oh. yeah. Well, you do I, you before we do before we do mine because mine's gonna go off the rails. Okay. Well, no. So mm. I, you know, I got some time. Dad said he wanted to go out, and he's been dying to go out. He hadn't had time. He'd been up at camp doing some different stuff, and so hey, him yeah, Wednesday night after work, he got time, right? Okay. Well, I got to find a third. Nobody else could go. Chad couldn't go. A couple people couldn't go. I, I was too drunk. You never to go. even asked me. I have not fished with I your dad. What's going on with you, man? I have not what fished with your dad forever. You <laughs> know what's going on. <laughs> I, I, I fish with him once a week. I don't know what's going on with you. Are you serious? <laughs> I, I, I could have asked you. I didn't. Hey, Mark. You Mark, don't like, welcome fishing, you don't like fishing over rollovers, man. Mark, so Mark welcome to the class. Who wants to fish over? That, all we were doing is rowing to that one spot, and we were going to fish that spot. And then you don't need to call Mark. But. Well, I, Mike, do I hadn't been out with Mike in a road for you. I didn't have. I we didn't. We didn't. All it was was you just rode me to the spot. That'd Forward nice, row, huh? Forward, Forward row as fast as possible. But turn the boat around, back row. Mike. Hey, Mike hadn't been better. out. Mike hadn't been out for a long time with me either, and he had been out of town and stuff like that. So I was like, man, I hadn't been out with Mike. So I gave Mike a call, get him on the phones. You know, hey, hey take him yeah. out. Hey, do some, you know, we all have. We all gosh, you'd been out fishing on the boats and shit. So hey. The next like, two hey, stories are going to be when somebody anyway, fishes your spot. Anyway, so it's 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 it, all it is is forward row, forward row, forward row, forward row, Mark, and and Dad, Mike, and then we actually we see we see a bunch of bait getting pushed into this corner, that's like kind of uh, man-made and with like netting and all kinds of crazy shit. But they, still a didn't bunch catch of bait. one. No, we didn't at that point. But but it was weird to see a bunch of bait getting, and then we saw some. Fish splashing on big fish, and I'm like, it was on carp. Carp aren't chasing bait to the top of the water. We couldn't cook any, but just to see it was weird at first. I'm like, man, that's that's odd to see here. But so, what were you throwing at them at that point? Clousers, uh, lower. I should have maybe. So been you're throwing, throwing weighted, a bit higher weighted minnows. Dad had a uh, one of the on a weighted line, but uh, a crafter minnow that we got so from Andreas. So it was unweighted. Yeah, for. You know, for a while, that's what we threw most of the time. And when he got down there, so we get down the spot, and, you know, I, I they get both get a little ahead of me. I, I actually walk across the top and fish, like, where Jace likes to fish, up in this little tucked-in pool up top, and it'd be impossible to land one if you really got one anyway. You can't do that anymore, though. If you could make... Nah, don't even jump gotta, in here. But there's, like, no, there's like a little... If, if that fish ran through this tiny little itty-bitty, like, run, you a would get shoot. it. A little shoot. Yeah, if it would run through that tiny little shoot, you'd actually get it. So I tried that for a second. Nothing really, man. It's not. It's tough, man. So you get... And then even next to that big... The big... The big... Uh, whatever. It uh, turns sideways now. Yeah. Is it's it? different. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah it's that's different. That's what I was asking it, you. Last lift, time it, I was still well, there. I think it just moved down. So no, but it turns sideways. The, the back end... Of, shoot the, the current right The back it. end of that tiny little chute where that root knuckle comes out over, there's always a smallmouth up underneath that one, though. No, there's been no smallmouth there at all this year. It's been tough. But well, listen... But you, that culvert... That yeah, the Jay's talking about. Yeah. It used to go parallel with the current. Yeah, took, now it's totally it in, sideways. So now does it suck water back into it like it? All oh, the top gets sucked. It, it gets sucked crazy it's ways. Weird. It should, it should be awesome though. It's weird. Like it looks like it should be good. That that there's a what would you call it? A ten maybe eight eight or ten foot section of probably six foot round 
it's like a cement drain culvert yeah. that is in a, in a prime fishing hole. Like, and it diverts water. It takes up space where you can't fish or fish can't be. Like, it's a... But now they're below fish can't it. Be in but it. I've, they've I've got to be below it Dude, now. Dude, that whole, that whole other side has got dug out so much different. It's a huge mm-hmm. pool now. I've watched that thing go from side, being Jace. on top of a dam below all to that. getting knocked over. Yeah, where you would come down and walk down on, like, it's just one big giant pool right there now. Yeah, it's... It's fucking huge. I can't you believe I haven't pulled one out of it yet. At some point from that water getting so high, it had to create a back eddy there that just dug that. It did. It did. Oh. <laughs> it's, it's the sure same thing that like, happened to my creek and my bridge. It it's just back eddied itself and dug my whole bridge out. Yeah. But that that used to be a flat cement over there. Here, and I watched I watched perch like you. come up there to spawn by the thousands. It was just a flat spot with, with like poured over cement. You know yeah, how yeah. our other spot is. It's like that's yeah. how it used to be on that side. It wasn't. It was just like a little Dude, trickle. Dude, and of the water shoot ball. side, the shoot side's all fucking different too. The shoot is way different Every, now. It's fucking just changed. Eh, the time, high water beat it up, dude. The high water river place. And I had a lot of high water this year. I like it. I like it better like this. Like oh, it is so now. so so we walk. So we start walking down. So you know the the, the you can't change the horseshoe there. So, uh, I, I walked down. I, so you I couldn't I, catch I anything walked, in no, the top, no, and when these I guys back, were already yeah, fishing? Yeah, so when I walked back down through, I walked past your brother-in-law. He's just pissing off. And then... Throwing little flies or... Oh, well, it doesn't matter. That doesn't or, matter. That doesn't matter. That's fine. Throw the clouser. It no, catches I mean, every fish. I mean, it, to get attention down there. But he there. just... I don't know. I was telling him. I was like telling him. I was like, dude, Chad is dropping like this. And he caught a few... He did. He got a couple crappie. And whatever else, I caught a half a dozen crappie that night, one big one. But I walked down, and as I'm walking down, I look over, and my dad's like, <gasps> and, and did he have his O face on? And like he's like, no, he like comes walking up to me like, oh my god, dude, I just found a nice one, dude, nice one, like six, seven, eight, whatever pounds. Just come up and just turn on this fly and just go the other way. And he's like, I strips it so hard, and kapow. I was like, why'd you strip it, man? He's like, you always yell at me and say you got a strip set on everything. I'm just like, dude, no, not these things. You just, not you here. Just, you just don't do anything and just they they hook themselves. It's like swinging flies for steelhead. Like, they never stop. Just the, when they, the rod. T- turn yeah. your rod to no, the just, side. Just stop. Just, just stop it. your line a little bit and it'll just it'll be hooked. Spread your arms. Yeah, and and watch Spread line. Your arms. Watch line go clear out. It, clear it. Yeah, clear all your line. Make sure there's no knots. That's the first thing. Just get all your line from. It, hopefully, it's not underneath you or underneath the. Oh, it gets roll over at that point. Yeah, that's a nasty spot to fish. It does beat the shit out of your line, but so he, so so he, he gave you the I believe face. <laughs> so I believe. I'm like, I'm like, oh shit. So there's like one right around here. I walked all the way back down, walked down to all the slower water and the bottom and where you'd land them, and then I start I start walking back. Did you ever catch any down there? I didn't yet. Have you, Jace? I watched you catch a pike there. Where we land them? I oh well, even to the right yeah, side of the curve. The right side we, of it. I've no, thought, no, I've seen I'm them. not talking over there. Where we land them? Oh yeah, in the slack. Yeah. Oh yeah. You catch hybrids there? Oh yeah. Because I catch walleye there. Well, that's that. How that pulls down like that and all comes into each other right in front of you ends up being the the best place to catch a walleye or a mm-hmm. catfish or every every species wants to lay. It's like a in the fall it's like time, a chilling spot for fish off of the side of all the whole river meeting together again. It's it's in the fall time. Area. That's exactly where I was thinking about when I was talking to Zach about catching could, walleye on the fly. Well, well you, if you want to catch I walleye, I get one. I got one. You could go in February down there and oh, yeah. catch pro. 
get into the walleye on the fly any mm-hmm. anywhere from there february march and then that's open you know <clears throat> i guess to fish but all all season but that's got, the best time, that's the man. first fish i, I saw used to go down there in february and march a walleye turned on this fly Boom! That's the first fish I caught. And little the other probably, day. Yeah, yeah. First fish. Yeah, like six, nah, man, fourteen <laughs> tops. But small, small little walleye. Crush this fly. I'm like, oh man, I got a little confidence. Y'all watch a, I watch a fish turn on it first time. Actually, Jay was full hard. So, so I, I, I got to watch him turn on it, and miss, and then I put it back down there, and he ate. I thought it was a little smallmouth. And then so I pulled him out. It's a walleye. Shit. Same fly you're. Striper fishing, uh, oh hooking yeah. up. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. So right after this, it's just because it's just starting to get dark at this point. Because I start moving back up, you know what I mean? It's getting dark. We're not having much time left. As soon as it was starting to get dark, I put the fly down, and I'm just dicking around with it, you know, like you would back, 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 back through, back four, through, across. you know, right, right below where the actual white water is. And man, don't I? I just I flick my line out into a current, and. The my clouser just drops and it's on a floating line, and but the, your floating line's getting pulled down a lot, but it's getting pulled into the current, so it's taking like a it's gonna take like a whole downstream 45 approach. degree yeah it's gonna show the profile immediately and as soon as it does that man it starts to make that move, boom big move just big hit, I just start like you said just move my line out of my way and. Thing starts going fucking nuts, man. It's just gone, gone, immediately gone. Uh, thank God I had seven weight, because man, that would have been all I wanted on that six weight. That's what my dad had <laughs> like a six weight. Been a... I know what that catfish did to that six weight. That was a that was five, a, yeah. That's that all a... I've been fishing is a six. No, weight. yours. Oh, that, no, on that yeah. raft. Yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. surprised that thing didn't break under the yeah. boat. Yeah, I had my I had to uh, was using the predator with 20, actually, 23 inch twenty. Four maybe what? Yeah, it was. It was probably like six pounds. I would say maybe six ah, pounds. Solid fish, taller. Each each I year felt, class. Each I, year class of those looks different. I told my dad though when it was out there, like you were saying, I was like, dude, this is an eight pound fish, man. Like if those things feel, if not twenty five. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like Mike Tyson, Might they fight 20. about their weight class. Oh, it's wait. between eight and twenty. I can't yeah, tell you I for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, he's splashing water, and I mean, it's just uh, everything I wanted. You know, my arms. Sometimes the way they hit make me think, or or even if I see it, I didn't it looks, see it. It's like, oh my god, what the fu- what was that? That if, fish was down low when it hit. If they were to jump, you would never drive to Lake Erie. You wouldn't even mm. need to go Dorado you fishing. You know what I mean? You, if they were to you, jump. Would you need to go Golden, Golden Dorado fishing? Oh, I think did. that'd be yeah. highly comparable. Yeah, fuck yeah. And, and there can be stocked mm. anywhere. I tell my dad, I'd I'm probably like, make it. You know, to keep talking about them because. I've gotten into a couple more this year than I've gotten into in the years ever. past, ever. <laughs> and dude, it's like I'm doing the, the beanies. It's the best thing ever. Best fighting fish ever. You're in the fucking whole chasing the dragon. He goes, he goes, he goes. Except for a carp. That's what he tells me every time. He's like, except right there with the carp. But you. That's see, what my dad told me. You can see the carp eat. That's yeah. that's what I was getting at on Thursday when the river came up. I wanted to see a fish eat a fly. That's and what Jace I wanted. Gets, Jace gets to watch him eat. He does it a different way. You need to figure it out. I saw two of meat today. Dude, 98% of the time, it's it's right in my face, like, oh, face, but, oh, face. My face, like, I might have a, like, like be stuck, like, have a, a stroke and have half a O face. But it, it's it's a different eat. You know what I mean? It's a different yeah, fish. It it's a different type of you're fish. Not, you're not actually, but, and I, I was, I was dead set on, I was at work. I said, 
I want to go carp fishing. I, you know what I mean? I like to lace my, my old Nikes up and know I'm about to fight. Like, all right, if I go in here. Put your boxing shoes on. Yeah, yeah I'm about to fight. Like, I know I'm about to get it. It's about to be fire, like, cast out there. What'd you say, Chad? Two minutes today? Tell your little story here about fishing in my spot. No. Yeah, I went to see oh, Jason. Oh, you got hurt. Yeah, I want to hurt you. I got to hold this fish. So Jason nice caught a stomper. Oh, yeah. A uh, mid stomper. Yeah, good, good fish. Baby stomper. Fun, do, fun, do, fun. Do, whatever. Fun, fun. Little yeah, one. It wasn't an 18-pounder <laughs> like you guys, but hey, they don't all uh, hit like that except for in the spring. Uh, they're around, though. That's that's what's a crazy um, thing. Hey, I think the next road. one will only be bigger. I have a friend I will promise you, directly Jace. across the street. Get him. I'm working it. 25 and bigger is a okay fish. Yeah, it was a nice one. So, I parked in our friend's front yard. Word up, beef. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, uh, I went there, and I was doing like you guys do. And I slapped the fly down and let swing, let swing, let swing. I said, "Fuck it." Jay said he was redirecting the 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 direction of the drift halfway through the through the drift, you know. So I was like, "All right, I'm gonna do this." So I I slapped it down. I let it drift halfway through the drift, and I threw a big fucking upstream mend in it. And the, I was fishing white over chartreuse or chartreuse over white clouser. That fly dug down, and kicked left hard, and boom! Right now, boom! I set the hook, and the second I set the hook on that fish, boom, psh, gone, gonzo. So. What did it do? It did the same thing to you as it did to my dad. What did you, so you say? Guys, the, the, both those fish have, what, nice-ass... Eric's tie. Eric's hooks, yeah. Oh, definitely. Though, my dad got... He got a... That fish has a fly from Sweden. The one from Aqua... Uh, or, <laughs> so wait, Chad, you're what, three casts in? Or, <laughs> or what, sorry, you're like no, three no, minutes in? Three three minutes in. But I will tell you exactly what happened to that... Why that knot burned. Do you want to hear it? Sure. Okay. So... Who has a five-year-old son? Jace is the only one that has close to a five-year-old son. I don't let him mess my uh, knot tying abilities okay. up. So I was halfway through tying a double figure eight Steve Huff knot. And he was, no, no, no. take me to memes. Take me to memes. You're going to drive me home for memes. You're going to drive me home for memes. And I was tying it, and I forgot to wet the knot, and I cinched it down. The same thing you did to Jasper. I was talking in your ear. Yeah, exactly. And the knot burned. Hence my uh, comment earlier. <laughs> yeah, like exactly. It. Oh, yeah. I was, the, I, was, I was. The knot burned the mono. And when I set the hook, it broke right above the knot. So that that was definitely my you fault. You threw the 15 pound in the trash, though. 15. It held up for three hybrids. Two days ago, or when I was with Jay, it held up for mine. I just you don't have you don't have to strip I, I that hard. I think the only tough part with when you get to fifteen is if you get a little drag in the line and that snap, that, that you know that shock in it. The guys that's that, still light. The 15. guys that fucking fish for tarp and fish with fifteen pound test. I did but really well with twelve. I I think they, they're they're also, tarpon. They're, they're fishing for hundred and forty pound tarpon with fifteen pound. And, and I get 12 that. Twelve pounds strong, dude. I, I do. Can work. I get that, but you you have direct tension the whole time, so you're using and maximizing it. 
this is where there's a drag in the line, and then it pulls, and oh, then there's a belly. Right and when that it. belly snaps and it gets oh, air, yeah. that shock, and then that boom, it recoils that, and it just snaps because it, it's it's so it's it's more than 15 pounds. Any line That's can a fail. Lot. Is, is all I gotta say. I I don't see I'm gonna ever go above 15. I mean, you broke it. I use seven. Things, I use so. seventeen religiously I've because seen? I know it's not going to break. Broke on a carp this year too. I watched well, except for when Evan, you were beefing Evan about it, it because you had bought all that and then you broke it right after on one of the carp. Not this stuff. I did still fifteen. Evans Evans broke seventeen. I mean, with the wind, it's just, not it potentially. Is, it is what it is. With I mean, you know, I mean, potentially, <laughs> hypothetically. So it's speaking. at like nine. <laughs> I, I don't know. It might be like seven point eight. Those wind knot goes. Those about aren't wind knots. Those are casting knots. No, God those damn are, it! Those are those <laughs> are trying to fish downtown knots. That's when you not fish hap- too hard. Not not happy. Oh no, it was a long. I will say one thing. Long process. A nine and a half foot rod down to nine foot it doesn't shoot the line the same way. Because <laughs> it it's been broken off. You know. It's been broken off three times. You should have bought a so nine. So you have a nine foot, foot originally, nine foot six round. So now it's, yeah, like, it's really it's like just a medium. It's just medium. As fuck. <laughs> not, not medium anything, just oh, medium. It, it's in yeah, the leather. There's no tip flex there no, at all. No, no tip flex now. Yeah. That, that, that whole six, la- that last six inches, I call it the leather phase. <laughs> medium action. <laughs> Stiff medium action. Just be action. your striper rod, dude. <laughs> no, I, I use it for everything. It's my go-to. Uh, I went down to see my pets today. The carp. After you... Worth fishing? After I after I fucked with your pet. After you lost. <laughs> after, after, you after, you lost, lost. after you went fishing, you went to So do you, do you think that was maybe a bigger so fish? So you or lost Jace's car, pets to go fish for your pets? <laughs> yeah, I, I fucked around with your pets, and then I, I went to fuck Thank with God my pets. Thank God we have to row to my pets. They're good. And I caught a bluegill. I caught a giant bluegill. And bread I'm, fly? What? Bread fly? Yes, on a bread fly. Uh, I was so close to your pets yesterday, and I Wait, almost you went to fish for them. But a bluegill. Oh. And I blame it all on wearing that Urban Flyco hat. <laughs> Terrible day. <laughs> you were you just like throwing a hat and just kicking it and shit like, like that? I took a picture of it and sent in a group text. I said, this hat <laughs> stinks. <laughs> it stinks. It's my bad luck. There would have been catfish there. You'd have caught it though. So, um, do we have any other, any other, boat. Fi- any other fishing? No, go ahead with your boat talk. Okay, guess we're gonna go on left because we gotta get out of here. Okay, so so is this your best DOS boat, dude? That thing looked pretty clean when you got done getting through it. Speaking of DOS boat, has anyone seen DOS boat besides me from well, the meat eater? Now, I watch uh, it before we start. I watched some meat eater. I've I watched a little <laughs> trailer <laughs> what the for fuck that. Was that? <laughs> Sorry, it's okay, man. It's Steven Ranella. No, great show. Great show. I think DOS Boat is going to be a great series. Well, they're they're going on what the uh, fish like the whole coast or they're going to fish Tennessee or Texas, few different Texas, Florida, Texas, Florida, Florida, Florida. Georgia. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And uh, what it? Well, I, I seen the, I seen the trailer. They they bought a boat. Blah blah blah. It's old. They're going to replace the transom. Probably throw a new motor on it. So they did throw just, a new. Just anything like anybody here could do. We could drive down the road. We could look at, you know, Craigslist, yeah. Instagram, That's Facebook, and there's a boat for sale right now. Like That's if what's really in my driveway, and I keep fixing with. That's what's cool with That's watching exactly it. That's exactly it, and that's exactly what I'm doing. Um, let's get to it. Uh, 
my boat I bought off of a guy I shoot archery league with. His name's Adam Nickel. Shout out, buddy. He will never hear this. He has a better beard than I will ever have. Did he tie flies with us no, before? Yes, he has tie flies with us before. The guy with the big beard. Yeah. Bass, no, I remember bass him. fisherman. Yeah, yeah. So, um, I was listening. Is this a boat? Boat you previously bought, right? A year. I bought it about back. a year and a half ago. And you shoved it in the fucking edge of your woods. I shoved it in the oh, it backyard. Didn't, even, didn't get covered or nothing. No, no I no. didn't cover it. Fuck no, it's aluminum. But you got this. You had the small motor you bought with it, or I did. But I have a I have a nine nine across the street that I'm gonna run with it. There you go. Or nine five. Get on all the waterways with that. Exactly. So like uh, my previous. Uh, thought process was I took Evans and PJ up to Edinburgh and I, like, I didn't get to fish at all you know so I want to both fish out of a 12 foot boat unless you have somebody got to be a net man person. no three guys are fishing out of that but you know what you could do in that you could fish so go ahead go ahead I want to hear your rebuttal you could fish solo <clears throat> oh you that. fucking ain't right you could to to figure it out for your buddies, you know. In my garage right now, I have a foot-controlled trolling motor and two depth finders, which makes that boat fishable for two people. Two people, for which sure. means me and some fucking other buddy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, I got you. I got you. That means you or you or you. <laughs> No, I, and you know what makes it really cool no, is... But, but I will get to, I will actually get to fucking fish and not just row everyone around. And we can go on these little lakes and not have to fucking that's row back to the goddamn boat launch. That's still a three-person boat with a No, it's a two-person boat. You can't put... I can put two... I can put three people in it, but... Like somebody I can, can put, sit in the middle and... I can put my wife and my you, son. Yeah, if you put three grown adults, you're going to be well above the... Max capacity. I could well, put, only got a nine five on it. What are you, hundred some pounds? I fucking two hundred and fifty pounds. No, the motor. I'm saying like, Chad's three hundred pounds, ten pounds yeah, solid. What you are you don't talking about? Got fat asses in your boat. Oh, he has seventy five beers with him. So if I can fish two people effectively yes. for musky, and I'm gonna make the front six feet of this boat. A dance floor. Would you be in the front fishing? Yes. You I'm the, be in the you're front. the footman. Yeah. Speaking of good speed, that's all he uses. Yeah, that's all, all he food. uses. And the back four feet is going to be a dance floor second, also. secondary dance floor. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be two feet in the center for your feet to sit when we're gas motoring. forward. And that's it, man. It's going to be two dance floors. You Just, need to get a, just a bean bag to sit on. Double, double bean bag. Oh no, that'd be money, man. Don't even need bean bags. No, that that takes up room, man. Well, you We're throw sit- it in the two feet when you're fishing. We're sitting on plywood. Jay Jay has a nice uh, seat for that situation. I got a like a 14 foot, but it's a high sider, like a higher side boat. Yeah, man. Fishes well, man. Little I'm, boats, little boats are where it's at. I think for for these lakes, not to go I on anything love bigger. My 14 footer. I, I I like it better than having a 16. It's a lot easier to maneuver by yourself. So you get down to a 12-footer for small stuff, perfect. I had a 12-footer for years. I fished bass tournaments out of a 12-footer. Yeah, bottom, it's, right? It's too heavy. Yeah. That 12-footer got fucked up somehow. But 
the 12 footer that I had when I fished it was awesome. I could manage it. I could get up on plane with me, myself, and all the gear I could ever have. You know what I mean? If I had two people, it was a hard time to get up on plane with this nine and a half motor. But same motor, same motor, same from motor. Your other old boat. Yeah, there you go. I got. It. They'll and run forever if you do treat them right. Yeah, man. It's a, what is it? It's an old Evinrude, or it's an old two-stroke Evinrude that if I run it in the house, I can jerk off and have autoerotic asphyxiation. There you go, dude. dude uh, listen, with the two-stroke, perfect, dude. That's yeah. Two-strokes way better than four-stroke yeah. for that kind of shit. Listen, you can't. No, I have. If you want to, if you want to die, do it right. that's for Daisy's going for twenty. Listen, yeah, yeah, right. He's trying yeah, to crush yeah, that record. Oh, you're gonna break the record. With that fucking two-stroke. <laughs> you goddamn you right. see Chad walking across his yard with an effort over his shoulder. You know it's going down. I you know broke sh- the record, fellas! You know shit's going down. Oh, Jesus <laughs> yep, you're right. Yeah. We start talking about this he, stupid he shit. He takes it back and to the yep, shed, dragging it by the propeller. So you don't you don't do much fishing when you get out there? You so do you know why, the fumes? Do you know why cavemen don't drag women by their feet? Why is that? Because <laughs> they fill up with dirt. That's awful. All right, shut this thing off. <laughs> Seriously, that's not. That's not. That's that's that's. We're 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 way over the edge. Okay. That's bad when Jay's. That's bad when Jay's tell us we're. So over that's the, edge. the story of you fixing yeah, your boat. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Fill, good, do good we boat do we hear the? No, seriously, it looks See, really clean. I actually want to hear the real story. Are do you we, ripping it like what's in there out, or that's all base? Like you're you just building over it. it. Would you do hit it with power washer? or Would you do? Well, no. I ripped everything out of it. Um, Bruce and I, we we chiseled off all the seats. Uh, we took out all the old flotation. So that's that's just why a, he you're was just so pissed a, to come over to my house today. No, he was happy to come over and help me. Believe me. So it's um, just a straight. It's a straightaway boat right now, is what you're saying. Right, right now, now it's aluminum and mouse, and that's it. I have pictures I'm going to post on Inst- or, uh, Facebook and Instagram tonight. Does it matter if you keep that extra foam in there? No, there's nothing on the rules that says you need... Uh, Jay, stop that. <laughs> kind of in that. that that's there's like, nothing on the rules that says you need extra flotation so that's just in your boat. Feel it, like. You don't need flotation unless you crash your boat. So that's for... Flipping over purposes and shit like that's why it's in there. Safety I'm, precaution. Of I'm gonna put it back in the the bottom of the floor, a two foot or a two inch blue board. But other than that, I'm gonna do like I want to do with the eight ball and put rod racks, straight nine in, foot rod racks in through through both seats. That way we can put nine foot fly rods. Not nine foot six. Not nine foot six. <laughs> Keep going. I'm, I'm sorry. Yeah, no. But that way we can put nine-foot fly rods up into there. That way we have room. Because, you know, you guys have been with us. That's, that's the hardest part is keeping those rods out of the way so they're not tangling on line and they're not getting broken. Yeah. We broke what is your boat? Your boat only has two rod holders. My boat... My boat has none. Well, my boat. Did you have two in the side? My drift one boat has one. Well, you're, yeah. Oh, one. But it rod has it, it holds rods well, bent around that uh, can. How well does it hold them, Jay? I like it all the way. Ask my green rod. 
<laughs> Dude, I told PJ six times when he was... Don't break the rods. Don't break the rods. Don't break the rods. Oh, oh, or break the rods. That's exactly how it went, right? No, I mean, I, I was like... I mean, I'm, that was verbatim how it went. Don't break the rods. You take these don't guys break fishing. the rods. Don't break the rods. Or break the rods. I'm okay. sweating right now, Jay, because I was wishing that was your rod that got broken. <laughs> no, it wasn't mine. I would have pulled mine the fuck out. I was going to watch yours, though. <laughs> don't do it. Don't do it. Don't. Th- okay, you did it. Okay, you know, chat's going to be pissed. That rod's been meant to be broken. So. so no. All right. I had one other stupid thing. Thank you, Chad, for coming over yesterday. Yeah. And Uncle Bob. Big shout outs. He'll never listen to this again, but hey. Some people came over and helped me tear my fucking kitchen out. Uncle Bob is drinking. He's shotgunning beers right now. (laughs) He probably still is. Hey, listen. He's been on a two-day bender now. You want to know what? I could could expect a call from Uncle Bob before you could, tell my Uncle Bob there's all the Budweiser you can drink, he will fucking be there for days like a fucking beer, like a a hive. I asked your brother-in-law, I said, Adam, Uncle Bob, uh, he asked me for a Budweiser. Should I have given it to him? He said, you didn't start him drinking again. It wasn't your fault. I said, okay. <laughs> Uncle Bob gets all the Budweisers for me. <laughs> he had like 75 Budweisers before that one. But he worked for, and he came back over today, this morning. He called me first thing this morning. Hey, man. It's because he loves you. What do you need me to do? I said, help me fucking tear a couple more things out. Even though he thinks you're a dick. So what do you do? What, what's the project? I, Why I, aren't you going to be fishing for a while? Oh, I'm not going to fish forever. Sorry, guys. If you need my raft, just take it. <laughs> no, but <laughs> garage. But, but I, I'm tearing. Bring my, it to my house. No, I'm tearing my whole kitchen out from down to the studs, and things are going. You mean tore your kitchen out? I yes, I tore my kitchen out. We started tearing it out Saturday morning. I got a dumpster, a uh, 12 yard dumpster, and we started throwing shit in there. And man, my wife wasn't quite ready, you know, and I wasn't, you know. She, I, I, That's I'm, the easiest way to do it. I'm quite ready because I kind of, this is what I do for a living. So I'm I'm used to seeing this. Like, it doesn't really bother me. It's just steps you take to get ready to where you got to go the next steps and steps and steps. And I've, I've done it a bunch of times with, you know, the company I work for. Thank God. Like I said, after all, the, it was funny because Bob and my dad were there. They came back over this morning till everything was torn out, cleaned up. And then Bruce walked in. And my dad and Uncle Bob go, all right, our job's done. See ya. We are out of here. Like, literally, they both just left. And then Bruce and I just started going to town, and we did all the electrical today. All the can lights are set. All the electrical's done in the walls. The extra um, plug-ins I wanted are all there now. Like, Bruce, we sat there, and it was all, it's all, like, my fridge is just full of beer. So, Bruce, as soon as you got there, he probably, he had a few while we were there. We got you, our work done, though. You know what's weird? We were sitting here, and he got a text message from the guy at the flea market saying, Hey, do you need a wire? I got some for sale. Yeah, I know. He was like, <laughs> he's like, yep, as a matter of fact, I do. <laughs> he calls me, and I'm walking in the lows. He's like, you didn't buy anything yet, did you? He's like, I just got a call from the guy over there. He's like, I'm going to go buy a bunch of wire. So he went and bought a bunch of wire and brought it over my house. So that was, I'd have to buy, I'd have to buy any wire, which wire is expensive, dude. I, I actually, I looked at a roll of 12 2 that I was going to buy for all the lighting and I was going to just use it for everything because I was going to buy two of two different ones and you could just use a 12 for everything. He was like, don't even worry about it. Don't buy it. I'll be over. I'm like, oh, awesome. Awesome. Then my dad went down to the shop grabbed his uh his um electrician's belt and that was over in about an hour and a half two hours he's a monster yeah man so 
you know, it's like, like I said, it's a company I work for as well. It's a guy who owns the house we're doing our podcast in. But uh, so he, yeah, it was like, it was so funny. It was just like clockwork, though. He rolls in. I have now I have all the insulation. I already bought it all. I'm gonna insulate the whole ceiling tomorrow after work. Boom, we're ready for drywall. Like way way earlier than I thought it was gonna happen. So that's fucking awesome, man. When you doing the floor after uh, the drywall? Uh, yeah, probably right after. I don't know yet. Drywall paint, then floor? Mm-hmm. I don't know, man. I don't know how this goes. I've I've been out of the game for quite a while. I just, man, I don't know what it, uh, the floor is kind of. Chad just to me. moves when he don't and like I'm, his I'm kitchen. A floor, no, exactly. It was, <laughs> it was so funny. <laughs> it was so funny because uh, my my brother-in-law also stopped by and he's he's. A, he oh, he was, was fucking showing off yesterday. Tell that oh, motherfucker to put his dude, shirt on. I know he's got his shirt off. I was like, you know, he's he's jacked I out of his head. Look at my are you, are you talking about Dr. Ken? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Dr. Ken, my brother-in-law. Like Ken my, from yeah, Ken, My you sister's know. husband, he's a doctor. The Barbie series. A great dude. He, he goes out, hunts. He's in the outdoor. But he, he, like, he still runs like 5Ks. He was a, he was a, a college collegiate Division One athlete. Like He ran cross-country, and he did track, all the track, indoor track, outdoor track. For I was uh, in my leather face when he took his shirt off. <laughs> he did. <laughs> you were. <laughs> but, I mean, he, you know, so he's still... You he's, take yours off, too? You just, like... I'm so like, he's in that shape, yeah. and... But it was yeah, funny. Just walked it was her. funny, though. Like, a part of this bulkhead need to rip out. And if anybody knows, you know what a bulkhead is, they're, they're a pain in the ass to rip out of any house. And it seems like they're the most well-put-together pieces of any house. There's, like, fucking metal There's corners on everything. nails. And all the metal wiring and, pen, you know, and especially an old plaster. Well... He's hanging on it, doing, like, pull-ups from it, and all of a sudden, and Chad's like, do you need some help with that, buddy? Do you need some fat man strength? And Chad comes over and just rips this whole part of his ball kit down, like... <laughs> my feet didn't even come off the ground. No, he just reaches <laughs> over and pulls this thing down. <laughs> and my brother, I mean, he's not a small dude. He's just no. skinny. He's just skinny and thin. He's a muscle dude, but he's not yeah, he's a big dude. he's 155 pounds of just straight muscle runner, you know, runner type of body style. Not like a bodybuilder like, I'm, not I'm, like a bodybuilder like Chad. Yeah, I'm 210 of barrel chest. Yeah, you're yeah, 210 <laughs> of a diesel mechanic, too. Not, not a bitch. Big ass hands, you know. You got, you're a strong dude. They're not hands, they're dick beaters. Yeah, they're dick beaters. Yeah, they're your <laughs> giant dick beaters. They get the job done, though. It, was, uh, it, was, it wasn't a bad day, so we got, I, I was really surprised. So. Yeah, we got a lot done yesterday. Yeah, and Jay was like, you know why you're getting so dirty, Chad? Because you're not on a ladder while you're taking this ceiling down. He's just tearing ceiling down with no mask or anything, dude. And oh. I'm talking blown-in fiberglass coming down on Chad. Chad's a man. I'm like, dude, I have, I have fiberglass masks out there, bro. I bought them. I'm wearing one all day. I didn't. At some point, you'll feel that. No, it's that, the, was like, that was like <laughs> it was last night while I was coughing up blood. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I told you put a mask on. I bought masks. Was that before your period? I bought a ten pack. No, I definitely had a period this morning, Uh-oh. but I coughed up blood last night. <laughs> I told you not to do that. So hey, but, on that note, let's get out of here, guys. Yep. Yeah. Oh please. <laughs> Predator Flagger. Check him out. PredatorFlagger dot com. Arex Hooks. Arex Hooks dot com. Sims Fishing. SimsFishing dot com. Yeti, uh, check them out. Some awesome coolers. Just an array of products out there that you could use, whether it be hiking, fishing, camping, all that good stuff. And get some feathers possibly here from Urban Fly Company, and that's going to be what? Allsdorf Genetic Feathers. Eric's Hooks also. Don't don't be shy, Chad. Go ahead and talk. No, I I got a good one. If you guys want to get in on the most fun you'll have, this fishing season 
go to Muskie's Inc. Chapter 64 and register for the Beast of the East Fly Fishing Tournament. Yeah. Um, next week, Matt Dixon's coming on to talk about it. God, those guys catch some fish on a fly rod. Yeah. I'll tell you what, man. They put us to shame. Well, that and, like, man, since the first time I ever went there. You, Jay, and I have been doing it for three years. This will be our fourth year. This will be our fourth. And Mark uh, and I have been doing it for three. Together. And, and you know, I, man, I never have more fun. You get to see so many cool people. Or, you know, you get to see people you don't get to see all the time, you know, because fishing clicks can only be so big, and you can only talk to so many people from so far. And it's nice to see the community of people that also do the same things. Nick will be there for, you know, our buddy from... Respect to Harvest. Yeah, Nick, Respect to Harvest. Nick, Lepanzia. Yeah. Pat will be hanging out with us at the at the camp and hanging out and getting some good camaraderie time in and everyone wants to hang out with Pat. You're fucking a right. Everybody wants to hang out with Pat. I can't wait for my two days of time with Pat. <laughs> but you know, just just the, just the whole community of people. You know, I can't wait to see Don. All those guys, they're into it. So yeah, man, should be a great time. So check out uh, Muskie's Inc. Chapter sixty four. Get in in the Beast of the East. The uh, the time for registration is running out. Next week, we'll find out all the details on it, but do it. Other guests we have coming up, Chad. Uh, next week's Matt Dixon. The week after is Sven Diesel. And the weekend Booyah. the weekend after that is going to be Steven Weissner. Back and ready for action. I like it. And we're going to talk about some, what did we say? Riffle? Musky fishing. I want to hear Mus- about riffle it. Riffle fishing. Muskies in the, in the rapids. rapids. Yeah. Yeah. So... That's some good shit. Turn that fucking music up. 